imagine that right now you're feeling a bit like Alice. Tumbling down the rabbit hole. Hmm? You could say that. I can see it in your eyes. You have the look of a man who accepts what he sees because he is expecting to wake up. Welcome to Team Rabbitol Edition 241 with Wendy Bones, Priestess Justice, Mystic Artist YouTuber Libra. Join the team as we get to know Wendy, an intuitive soul balancing the work and play, light and dark, and mystery with revelation. Welcome and well met. Hello everyone, thanks for having me. Yeah, dude. I turned on to you about two years ago. Uh, a, another Gemini um, had, I mean, I was this point in which I was turning into, tuning into all sorts of astrologers uh, like Kapacha Lesher, the Leo King, Kirli Cosmic Priestess, people who've been on the podcast, but just like jamming really hard on people's astrology. And he was like, you should check out this Canadian. I think you're a Canadian. I'm not sure. Check this girl out. Uh, and he sent me the link and I was like, oh shit, you're on the wave. So you became kind of a part of my nutritional astrological diet, so to speak, for the oh. past two years. Um, I really like what you do. I know you've gone through kind of um, shifts. I mean, even uh, obviously with the whole COVID situation, but just in terms of identity and maybe what you're producing and stuff. But it's been consistently. It. Uh, it I love how you um, tell stories. I mean, you're very um, intuitively involved. It's not. You're not just spitting out facts. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. Anyway, so that's how I turned on to you. But something we do on the podcast here, sorry, I'm all like discombobulated life. Uh, something we do on the podcast here is talk about the numerological resonator of the episode. In this case, 241 is the seven card, the chariot. I'm reading from mm. David DeAngelis's A Star Man Tarot. He's been on the podcast. Shout out, David. But uh, this is um, about, uh, what is it? Taking charge of your own destiny, seizing the moment, letting the momentum carry you forward finishing what you set into motion, not hesitating, you can do this. So I'm curious, Raphael, what angel card do you have? So now we can hear the cars as well, but that's fine. Cars and birds all together. <laughs> what you're getting is the angel of intellectual lucidity. It is number 55. This angel helps give encouragement and power to overcome any type of activity and favors the protection of children. The affirmation goes, I let myself play, be flexible and venturesome. And in a tarot, it's associated with the two of pentacles. Angel qualities include, of course, intellectual lucidity, understanding through the senses and harmonization of behavior, as well as opens the heart with discernment. Now, I know that was a lot, uh, but between the chariot and that kind of playful angel card, what uh, resonates, if anything, for you, Wendy? Well, first of all, there's dualities being harnessed and harmonized together. So in the in in the Two of Pentacles card, you essentially have yourself going in two directions, potentially juggling two jobs or two locations or um, recovering from something uh, physically or um biologically, physiologically. And in the chariot cards, very similar. My experience with that card is strength of the body, um, 
recovering. And I think even in, in the weight uh, tradition, the weightsmith tradition, it's that mastery of self um, where you've achieved the total integration and harmonization of your emotions with your logic. So to me, there's, um, and, and children are very emotional. They have a need to connect. They're kind of, they run by feelings. They gauge based upon what the people around them, how they're reacting. Um, so they're very sensitive. So that's, that's very interesting. So you kind of, what I'm seeing are wheels on an axle. Are they tight? The chariot allows you to tighten them back up where they may be falling a bit. Uh, um, but also in, um, intellectual lucidity is very much a chariot theme, I would say. I love what Scientific. you're Scientific. I don't know if you've seen the, um, there's a YouTube video um, called The 21 Faces of God, which is really dope. I'll send you a link. It's like three hours. It's I mean, the first 40 minutes is kind of like, you know, Gnostic kind of alchemy or something like that. And then it gets into each uh, major arcana with film and song and kind of, it's, it's a good presentation. Anyway, the chariot, mm. what you're talking about, it gets into the Plato and how he's talking about people, you know, the whole, um, we have this, I mean, the strength card is right before that, where it's like, you're over your power, you know, you're over your um, ego, your lower nature. And then the horses are kind of like what you were saying, reason and passion and how to balance them and all this stuff. It does a much more, effective job of describing that than i just did i just kind of bumbled through it but nonetheless very cool documentary um in any event rafael uh yeah he he's he's doing like a numeral um a sequential thing with the angels so this is like you know this is the gear on the teeth of that so that works whereas mine is like oh it could be anything with this episode so wendy the conch is yours i'm kind of curious um you can start you know call me ishmael style talk about whatever you want uh where did you start out? What was the culture you were born into? You probably weren't always covered in ink and which <laughs> possibly. So I'm kind of curious about your process. Uh, you could be as long winded or short winded as you want. Um, but like, yeah, where did you pop out? And uh, like, how did you get to where you're at? Basically? Yeah, um, well, I was born in Alberta, Canada. And my parents were both more from the eastern side of Canada. So we eventually moved when I was six years old. Uh, we came back to Ontario. And I went to my first powwow um, in Sault Ste. Marie when we first moved here. And I was involved with carving a totem pole and dancing and celebrating. Um, and it was a really powerful ceremony for me. I was actually gifted a feather and I have it on my altar and I always have cherished that. Um, and then when we were maybe five years later, we moved to a quite a small town. And being in a small town, 10, 11 years old, you know, when you're in like, elementary school and like third to fifth grade, you're figuring out your interests and your friends. And then it all kind of changes when you move at that age. So um, I had just been getting involved with drama class. And for some reason, the drama teacher would always cast me as the witch in all the plays. <laughs> so I loved playing a very powerful character because I was always kind of a sensitive kid. And I always felt like an outsider somehow. I was never like popular or part of the, the elite, the elite ones or anything like that. So I was kind of an observer and I loved getting into character because it was a really great way to embody power. Um, and I loved all the Disney movies and, you know, the power and the, the songs and the visual imagery as well. Um, so that was kind of swirling around. And um, actually I had my first lucid dream when I was five years old. Just remembering that, that was pretty powerful. Okay, I was sitting well, on we can stop with this. these. I, I'm a Disney kid, so I'm all about it. I'm okay. like, yeah, Disney. Keep mm -hmm. I mean, I listen to this all the time. <laughs> Um, but, uh, well, 
uh, first of all, was the powwow ceremony? I'm curious. Uh, was it just like welcome to the neighborhood kind of thing, or they were doing it? You joined in and then kind of got caught up with the magic, or how'd that work? Um, it was a celebration already taking place. The story is that we we came to Ontario. We stayed with my uncle, who was an OPP officer, and he had so much PTSD from being an officer that he had. My, my mother had actually just shared the story with me a couple of weeks ago. I didn't know this until now. Um, so he'd gotten involved with his local community, his Indigenous community, because they offered different types of healing. Um, unfortunately, I don't have many photos or like memories. He's now passed, so I, I'm not even able to get a lot of the information. Um, but it was mostly for the sake of healing, and and he was very involved. So he took me, and um, he knew some of the people there. So got to participate. And what was the animal you carved? Or what was the aspect of the totem? Is that like a spirit animal that you've always kind of gone with I, after that? <laughs> I don't I don't remember. I know that I, I came away with a ton of splinters in my hand. I went with my dad. Um, I really don't have, because I was only six years old. I don't know. I don't remember the full thing. Your Mars is conductor I, son. I'm sure you went really hard in the paint on it. <laughs> I'm going to fucking do this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't have too many memories, but I know that it was a very special like turning point after just moving to a new place. Um, and it's often that's important the way you start things, right? Is that mean no, they... you flow because you're a flower. I could tell it's like, all right, you're going to flow. And I love how you flow. So never be like, if you zone out and look away from the camera, I don't give a shit. We're never okay. usually on camera. And this might <laughs> yeah, yeah. show our images at some point. So, I'm not the person on charge of that. Talking about being a camera, I have a super superficial question, but still I'm interested. Is sure. when and how did you decide to dye your hair red? I think it looks super oh. awesome. And Thank I, you. there is just, you know, very few people I think that go with like really strong colors. So I'm just curious because you said you, you, were, casted, you were casted as the witch. And when did you start? Because, of course, it looks witchy in a sense. So one would say this is the, you know, generic association one may have. So how did you decide to do that? Or how do you interpret that for yourself? The red hair. Um, so I did that, I guess, uh, like a month or two ago. And the reason is the pandemic. Um, I had this bright orange hair that I thought looked really cool. Like I went to my hairdresser and I saw this neon orange spray can. And I said, can you just do my hair exactly like that? So it was bright orange for a couple months and just things being closed and not being able to find the color in the stores. I just picked something else. I chose red and I thought it was like a lovely, for cancer season, right? To me, red is a very sensual color, um, cancer energy, chariot, right? Very um, cherry, chariot, very sensual uh, zodiac sign. So I don't know, to me, it's always been kind of a like a, a cool fire of, of cancer being that cardinal energy. Um, it wasn't that I you know, consciously went, okay, I'm a cancer rising, I need to dye my hair red. But after doing it, I realized such a cancer thing, they seem to love that color. Um, just in my observations of dealing with, maybe it's the color of the crab, I don't know. <laughs> um, but I just think it's a really True, fun, bright, I just want to try everything. I mean, I'm, I'm a Venus and Sagittarius, so I, I get kind of bored doing the same thing all the time. So it's quite a statement. Right. So we might popcorn <laughs> everywhere, it seems. So hair color okay. addressed. Um, I'm curious, I mean, just, I, I kind of try to do, not Ken Burns style, but it's like, I want to know kind of how you got to where, and then I can understand cool. the Pokemon a little bit. It's like, oh, you're a Pikachu and you say Pika Pika. I know why. Um, so <laughs> I was a Jigglypuff. Okay. There you go. Those are, I mean, Jigglypuff. there you go. Oh my gosh. I thought the worst was, uh, I mean, there's some bad ones, but, um, what's the one, uh, Psyduck. I'm always saying that shit. Oh, uh, don't ask. I'm not into Psyduck, but I was just like, what is that? Yeah. It just gets no coincidence. You're the one bringing it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, where is left? Where so, is right? 
you got involved right. with this Native American situation and you moved. Um, and then you had said some another anecdote, but I jumped back to the totem pole thing. What was that other thing? I'm spacing now, Gemini Life. Oh, that's okay. I can tell the linear story. Yeah, yeah um, let's do it. Yeah, so I guess my, my spiritual journey, I suppose, um, just always kind of being like a sensitive kid. Um, I wanted to be vegetarian from a very young age as well. And, you know, just always empathizing with animals. As soon as I knew what happened, I would just sit at the dinner table and refuse, like from seven years old onward to eat my steaks. I felt bad for the cow. Um, of course, I was forced to eat it as a kid, but that was part of my my empathy, my sensitivity. I didn't know it at the time. Um, and just kind of seeing the world a different way, like not, you know, I would look at other kids or popular kids or the aggressive ones and just kind of say like, why am I not like that? Um, so again, it was through playing char a character on stage that kind of felt more empowering, right? So I think my drama teacher, teachers are good that way with kids. They pick up on what they need or what would be really good for them. So she would cast me in these roles and sometimes I would request it. And uh, that was pretty neat. Then we moved to a small town. And when I was in high school, uh, our, our library had a few books. There was a very tiny section on the occult. So we had books on vampires. I think it was also tied in with the horror section. So I was a huge Clive Barker fan when I was a teenager. And so I was really into his work. He's also a Libra. Nice. And um, yeah, and then I took out their huge texts on like witchcraft and vamp vampirism. Um, when I was around 15 and I had a couple older friends in high school who were like giving me their books, the book of shadows and it smelled like patchouli. And they're like, look, you got to make a book like this and write your own spells. And um, so you were getting inundated with the sensuality of magic. It seems as yeah, much as the information you're right. The, the vampire thing <laughs> too is, a, is very tied into That's interesting. Um, but uh, I, you know, honestly, the witchcraft thing kind of felt very formulaic. Um, mm. I never really, prescribed to a or subscribed sorry to a specific um belief system but i i knew how i felt about things and i knew what the world needed and essentially it all boiled down to peace right <laughs> justice um and so these books on witchcraft they they drew me in because it felt like the closest to maybe what i was looking for a connection to the earth and you know caring for how things affect each other um but, but it was still too formulaic. There was, you know, turn to this direction and do this, turn to this direction and do this. And so I kind of abandoned that after a little bit. And then into like age 15 to 17, 18, uh, just being like a goth teenager and um, being very emotional and like getting into art and music and processing a lot of things. Um, and then I discovered that in university, basically the deal was you can only live at home if you go to school. If you're not going to go to school right after high school, you need to move out. I said, shit, I guess I better go to school because I don't feel ready to do that. Um, so I'm looking at the programs and fine art was available. And uh, that's what I, I didn't know you could take fine art in university. I thought you had to go to an art specific school. And so there was a neat way to combine theory with visual representation and expression and storytelling. So I, I majored in that. And um so I I'm became, just curious, what were some of the okay. bands that were influencing you at this time? You're going through a goth period, I, I hear you, so maybe not oh, yeah. The Cure or whatever, forever, but like, yeah. I, I haven't looked at your birth year, maybe you didn't even put it. 89. But, um, right, it was I'm a good year for music. About, yeah. Pluto I mean, was in Scorpio. <laughs> exactly. So I'm kind of curious, like, what was shaping your psyche? I mean, you're saying, like, I, I, I get what you mean when you're like, you know, the, you know, breakfast club innocence to experience kind of situation where it's like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm growing up, but I'm yeah. kind of curious what was dry, like, what was the soundtrack? Um, were you yeah. having spiritual experiences versus all in your mind? Were you like, I just saw an orb now and I didn't know, like, I'm just kind of all, I'm trying to get a pulse on that. Yeah. Journey, I guess. You know, it's funny. I didn't really have those, um, 
seeing anything or have those spiritual experiences. I don't think when I was a teenager, there was a lot going on at home. Um, my dad, like my dad's very open about this. So I don't mind talking about it. He's struggling with addiction. And so there was a lot of like issues with that, what's, you know, in terms of stability and security. Um, so for me, it was a lot of like listening to very passionate music, um, cathartic music that, that told a story about overcoming. And so MCR, my chemical romance was the main band that I, that I the loved and I still love to this day. Um, Good album. Although it's very Pink Floyd, The Wall. I feel like they kind of took it and like, we're going to go this direction. I'm not against yeah. it. I think it's one of the best concept albums of the 2000s or whatever. But uh, at the same time, I'm like, holy shit. Like, it's like Queen... The it's a lot of arena rock yeah. yeah 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 well three i think three cheers is their best one it's their second one it's the it's the album that i kind of got into right like 2004 2005 um because that's a concept album as well and it's very based on comics and so it's very action oriented and like kind of the the tragic hero but also even if you know you're not going to win you still fight to the end because you fight for what you believe in and that to me is the most powerful message that comes from that band is that you keep fighting like they even have a lyric in one of their songs that says um who gives a damn if we lose the war, like if the good guys die and the bad guys win. And that's something that I think about because in this world, you you kind of notice that evil never goes away. It never seems to lose its power. And so you have to continue to fight the good fight on the good side in order to oppose. That's also kind of why the justice thing, like the duality, right? You have to always illuminate the darkness and continue to be on the good side because the dark side will never go away. The bad stuff will never ail, right? Um, so they were a huge influence on me um, and and their music, just that album Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge is it's such a tragic story because at the end he doesn't actually get revenge. It's kind of like a, a big tragic joke, um, but their passion and their story and even themselves as individuals overcoming a lot in their own lives, um, they made me a better person and they taught me that, you know, art is a is a beautiful way rather than like if you feel hurt or if you feel isolated or something, you don't have to lash out against yourself or another person, you create something and creating art or music or helping another person just by being friendly to them um, is a very life affirming action because you're still saying, I believe in something if you're creating. Yeah, it's like a vessel for the energy as opposed to just reaction. A lot yes. of people tend to just, I mean, it's real to feel things, but usually oh. our minds are like, well, fuck this, change it. And then we, react very violently or whatever yeah. um so my chemical romance what i'm just curious what else i mean like rage against the machine tool that's probably early 90s no. more so i'm like you're an 89 kid so probably not that stuff you know it's funny um a lot of the older kids in my high school really liked that music. I, I didn't really listen to heavy music at all. I actually liked more indie stuff so i was into bright eyes um another brilliant poetic storyteller connor oberst um, Bright Eyes, like Franz Ferdinand, Interpol, a lot of that really good early 2000s indie music. Um, Arcade, Arcade Fire, Fire had just come out at that time, yeah. Um, so I was oh, into more of, more of those sounds. Um, people always think I love like Marilyn Manson or Nine Inch Nails. But, well, let's uh, not but presume it's... too much. But you have this edge. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure oh, totally. exactly what it would be. And because you're a Libra, I think uh, in some way you're playing balance you're you are the balancing. Because in some way you're like a, it, and I don't want to pigeonhole you in any way, you have the energy of like, uh, like a stoner, um, I don't even know if you do drugs, but like a stoner friendly um, Glenda the Good Witch kind of thing, <laughs> right? Where she's like a hipster, oh my Glenda, God. right? That's Meets funny. Like, um, obviously, like, you know, Edge or whatever, you know, uh, Morticia. Yeah, exactly. So it's always been I a think it's the can combo. 
Yep. I think it's the Cancer Rising. And it's funny, again, that the chariot is our card for today because that exoskeleton, um, and it, again, it could just be me and the subcultures maybe that I'm a part of, but every Cancer person I've met has always had a very hard exterior. They love like a harsh, shell. don't touch me. Yeah, harsh <laughs> shell, like don't touch sure. me because I'm soft inside kind of thing. Um, I just, I love artwork and I, I think tattoos are a really neat way of, of decorating your body and commemorating different things and like sharing, you know, you get a matching tattoo with someone. It's a really nice way to share something special with them. I mean, it's really the only investment you take to the grave. So <laughs> that's true. I want to get into your ink in a minute. Um, cool. So let's just say you're in high school, you're going through like, what was your okay. first tattoo? I guess. I mean, was that around then? Oh, yeah. Um, when I was finished school, just, just finishing school, it was Rosie the Riveter. Nice. <laughs> we can do it there on my arm. Um, and then that's my second one was, yeah, Batman and Robin from the 60s comics, that the like original Plays Batman. That's, that's my favorite. That's my favorite. Yeah, that's, that's my favorite one. Mm -hmm. um, I, I guess just I'll segue quickly. We don't have to focus on it, but I know you've got some esoteric symbolage on your fingers, right? Yeah. Like when I'm watching you pull cards, what's the logic behind that? I mean, is this stuff you don't want to talk about? Or are you like, oh, the middle finger corresponds to this, so I did that? Or you're like, oh, I, I, I'm just wondering what your logic is behind the. the oh, action, yeah. I guess. Sure. Um, so it's funny I dig because. I it, so don't think I don't. Right. No, I think I think it's a brilliant idea, and I'm so afraid of like showing because I don't want it to be copied. But uh -oh. I got these tattoos in 2012. But you'll notice that the, the planetary symbols are hugely popular tattoo. Yeah. But it says sorcier across my fingers. Nice. Uh, sorcier, the French. My dad is French. You know, it's just eight letters. It's it's great. Um, and then the symbols I have are my moon. So. Pisces moon, Neptune is the ruler, um, Venus is the Libran ruler, and then the moon, of course, is the Cancerian ruler. Right. Because so, those were like the softest kind of big three. aspects you could have, like, I mean, it's not like Saturn or, you know, I was like, well, yeah. I don't know if she's like aligning with these, but now I see the personal uh, representation of yourself yeah. through them or whatever. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that though, because I'm trying to embody more of my Sagittarius side, my Venus and Sagittarius. Um, it could be a result of the recent eclipses too, but yeah, like, I'm a very soft, my big three, very soft energies. Um, but with the, the Sagittarius helps me get shit done and, and kind of be a little more direct. So That's the riveter thing. I mean, she's got the tenacity yeah. of the adventure. She's like, hell yeah, we're going to win this war or whatever. Um, <laughs> it's that energy for sure. So I'm curious, uh, you graduated, you went to school. Like what was your, I mean, uh, I'm an art history dropout, so I appreciate art. I don't really do fine art. I'm more of a musician, but um what what are some of your influences? What are you drawn to? Do you know any you know famous artists with your same birthday? That kind of stuff. Just random mm. bullshit I got about art, I guess. Because I can geek out on art for a while. Um, the only person I know with my birthday is Eleanor Roosevelt, so I don't know how relevant that is, but I think it's interesting. Um, in terms of my influences, I love stained glass, you know, old cathedrals, like ancient places made of brick and stone. I'm really drawn to stone, so I love cemeteries and cathedrals um, because. To me, there's something interesting embodied in an earthly material that's composed to represent angels, right? These etheric, eternal, the life, the, the endless, right? We want to encapsulate something infinite with a finite material. And so I love to draw statues. When I was in university, that was one thing that I would focus on. And some of my art still does that. Um, I'd focus on statues. And I'd also make sure to draw the decay that went along with them because I thought it was such an interesting like, I don't want to use it. Yes, juxtaposition, <laughs> but I don't want to use that word. I got it. I got you, um, <laughs> I'll use it. I'll be that cliche again. I don't give a shit. But, it, but it, it so is such a funny, like, dichotomy um, or paradox. Get the thesaurus out. Look out. Yeah, look out, Roger. Yeah, we gotta, look out. We got a real one. Um, 
So, I mean, just the sorrow, something encapsulated by that sorrow and lullabies, like twinkly, soft sort of um, nighttime skies and sorrowful statues and roses. So very much I love Pisces moon. fairy yeah, tales. Oh, such, a Pisces, Pisces such a Pisces moon. It's I like, know. You're a hopeless romantic. You're like, I want yeah. to die like Romeo and Juliet <laughs> on a, on a so <laughs> with a rose on my chest. Mm, yes. Looking, you know, insta-ready or whatever. But um, so I'm okay. So what? When did you start like making? Because you just you were saying that like uh, I'm hopping all over the place. Forgive me if That's I good. do that. No, um, you can hang. I know. Uh, I'm like you're a third house uh, son. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm tripping out on this systems because I'm not looking at it right. Anyway, point is, um, you started basically hacking magic yourself. I mean, it's, it's I, oh. I I astral projected in high school and did some weird shit but i wasn't meaning to it, like were you doing weird shit and like tapping into cool stuff and then being like i can do this like i already remember this do you look at it as like a past life thing or in a continuation of a journey or are you like this just resonates really hard or how do you look at that i will tell you that my spirituality has grown over the years uh, through my experience with tarot because the things that tarot has shown me um, have really illuminated a lot of things that I can't really say are just coincidence. However, when I was first starting out, I was not a spiritual person. Um, I was death obsessed. I, I was into like darkness and vampires and, you know, just like living in some kind of dark fantasy world. And my favorite thing to do at night was to just walk around under the stars and listen to like the smashing pumpkins um, on my headphones, Pisces moon. <laughs> Billy Porter's um, Pisces. I know, yeah, like, yeah, his, his twinkly, yeah. Um, Plus he's like a, like a, a cult, he's very occulted. I don't really know if he's like, you know, a theosophist or yeah. you know, any number of these things, but he's, mm -hmm. he's weird on that cool level. So I didn't mean yeah. to cut you off. That's okay. Um, so I, I didn't have any very strong spiritual experiences. It was more a lot of the the harshness of growing up, like because of the things I was drawn to, there were a lot of other people. I mean, there were only a few people in my particular school who were into like the music that I was or whatever, going to shows and stuff. But it also attracted other people with a lot of issues, right? So you deal, you make friends with these people and then everyone's kind of dealing with like yeah. <laughs> mental it's issues. Like, oh, shit. and we're fucking dysfunctional. Yeah. yeah. And, and because I was so sensitive, like I was just into sort of dark things and wearing black and like horror movies and, um, you know, just writing stories. I was writing a lot in high school as well. I actually wrote a novel. Um, maybe I'll publish what? it. Oh, <laughs> stop, stop. We'll, we'll detour right here. Mission. Is this like an Edgar Allan Poe thing or what is it? Um, it the is, <laughs> it was kind of, so this was again, such a Pisces moon. Um, it was kind of like a, just a parallel world that I could escape to after class or in between classes or after school or something, just kind of like creating, um, friends or like a support system or something that I didn't feel that I had in my waking life. It was kind of like this perfected, I idyllic sort of like, um, just fictional story. And I was sharing it on live journal. It actually did really well with, with a lot of people. Um, so. yeah, but that's where the Batman and Robin tattoo comes from. Actually it's from the main characters. They call themselves Batman and Robin. So just like best friends. Uh, um, yeah. 11, 11. There was a lot of interesting, like I was more of a poet writer in high school. It wasn't so much about spirituality. It was more like talking about the stars or the waves and, and the cycles of nature. Um, more Jim than, Morrison vibes than like. Oh, totally. Yeah, like, actually. You know, Salvador Dali, I am magic or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly wasn't into a lot of the, like weirder stuff. Um, 
I like very earthy rock. It's weird because I mean, I only got my first tarot deck because I basically, I mean, there was a point when I was eating acid in 2013, like once a week, and I was like, oh my God, I see astrology. Like, I was like, it was becoming very readily apparent to me, so I couldn't unsee it. But at some point, I had this basically tryst or whatever with a girl who was in uh, younger than me, like this freshman in college. And I, I like during the pillow talk, basically I was just like, Oh yeah, I'm a Christian. Cause I mean, I've had some weird ass Christian psychedelic experiences, so I can't really lose that. But, um, she was like, I'm becoming a Jehovah's witness. What happened? Not, I don't need to go into this too much. Long story short, this girl, we banged around for a little while, like two weeks or whatever. I didn't talk to her for three or four months. She hits me up and I'm like, Oh God, I hope this isn't a bad news or anything crazy. And she's like, I'm converting to Jehovah's witness or Mormonism or something. Do you want my occult stuff? And she gave me her zombie tarot deck unopened and all sorts of stuff. Like, oh, this is cool. What is this? And I could just jam on it. So it's funny to see how we get kind of pulled into the flow. I'm wondering if you can see any particular event. It's like clearly you were kind of artsy and touchy-feely and poetic. Um, But when did you start being like, I have a gift of translation from beyond the veil? Like today I I do daily card jams. I pulled the high priestess card. It's not surprising you're on here. Mm. Um, It's like that energy. you got that high priestess energy. So... When did you start realizing, oh, I have a power of interpretive magic as opposed to like, this is just cool or something like that? I mean, I will say that my dreams have always been very powerful, but you think it's just dream. Like you're amazed by it and you want to make some art about it. Or I would write poetry based upon it at that time. Um, Then when I was like 17, 18, um, a friend who actually met through LiveJournal from writing that story got me into tarot cards. She lived about an hour away from me. So we would meet up and hang out and have like sleepovers and watch horror movies and talk about tarot cards and stuff. And um, she introduced me to them and I was just so drawn to, it was the Waite Smith deck that she'd shown me. And we'd just read these giant books about them all night. and, And it was just so fascinating because we did readings for each other. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is so accurate. I've never touched these cards. How do they know our story? And how do they know? Um, so that that intrigued me. And the two cards that stood out to me were the Ten of Swords and the Devil. It just must have been the color black. They're such stark images, right? Holy Ten of Swords shit. is, I think, a Gemini card. It's like, oh God, oh, is it ruined by your mind. <laughs> like, oh, Nine did is you know about, like dreams and shit. Ten is like, you uh, got stressed because you're not fucking... It's got a lot on your mind. Um, Did you know ahead. that I'm a Gemini uh, 12th house? <laughs> I saw that. And my Mars and Mercury are in 12th house. So I'm like, I think, I mean, mm. I'm not saying we're like, you know, soulmates or anything. I'm engaged. Don't think I'm hitting on you. But um, I think it's funny. We're in a time in the zeitgeist where I think um, X-Men tribes are kind of finding each other in a weird way. Um, not that that's not possible globally or something like that. But I like Raphael, like this whole podcast was not my idea. Like he's an Aquarius North Node Libra. Who, you know, I'd talk to him and be like on acid and he'd tell me about Bashar and stuff. And I don't even believe in aliens necessarily, but I'm like, okay, whoa, what the fuck? So it's interesting to see kind of the collectivism that's happening. I mean, Aquarius is very much about teams, right? And it's very much uh, sorting hat times. That's how I look at it. It's like, okay, what are you about? Like if you're about like, you know, different things, your vibe is tracks tribe really hardcore right now. Anyway, the point is, um, doesn't surprise me your dreams are kind of mental and you might remember them even because 12 past Gemini. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't even know where I was going with this stuff because I've had horrible uh, we were... sleep. I'm... <laughs> That's okay. I was, yeah. I was saying like my, um, I've always had powerful dreams, but the spiritual stuff um, came after the tarot. So I was reading tarot and, and at that time I, I went through school and, um, you know, studying fine art and um, that was when a lot of were my... Were those conflating? Were you doing like a tar- like rider weight um, art studies or were they still kind of separated things? Um, I was not. I was just reading it on the side as a hobby. And 
one of the final projects I wanted to do in school was to make a tarot deck. It didn't end up happening because I pursued a tattoo apprenticeship instead. Um, but I was focusing on the statues and, and the stories and like the poetry that would associate with these images. So I would draw statues and stuff. Um, I just loved, they were like portraits, these, these sor sorrowful portraits. Um, so that was when a lot of my other experiences started to happen. Like I, I was working with tarot cards more. Um, and so into my 20s, it was, I <laughs> I did mushrooms for the first time in my early I was going to ask about this at some point. And I was like, How did, did you smoke weed, psychedelics? I was a late bloomer, I guess. I didn't do anything in high hating. school. But um, yeah, in my early 20s, yeah, I did. And it, it honestly, it opened me up to a world of color. Everything I saw before that was black and white. I drew in graphite. I just wore black all the time. I, you know, my walls were very like white with like black art type thing, like just illustration. Um, and it opened me up to a world of color. Um, I would, I probably wouldn't do those, those things now because <laughs> you're on another level. Might Don't need, whoa, yeah. they get more horrifying. I think the more you do them, uh, for me anyway, but, um, there, there were some really powerful relationships with time uh, that, that that illuminated for me. Um, and I don't want to say that it was awakened by doing drugs, but it was more like through the people that I was spending time with and the conversations and the things that you sort of start to feel comfortable to explore. Um, into your 20s. And so um, reading tarot and, and while I was tattooing, I would sort of try to guess people's zodiac signs or, or people would have to write on their waiver their birth chart. I don't know if I should admit no, this or not their birth chart, yeah, but their yeah. birthday. Yeah. So yeah. I would sit there and like just kind of analyze them and, and like what tattoo are you getting? What are you studying in school? We lived in a student town. So it'd be a lot of students coming in. Uh, what, what do you want to do with like for the world? What do you want to do when you're done school? And it was just a really interesting experiment to like study people and astrology is true when you spend the time observing people um it's absolutely accurate it's it's so so funny so i want to get your um like philosophical position on the nature of what astrology and tarot is we don't have to i mean we, i want to keep talking about your story but it's like mm -hmm. the way i've always looked at tarot is like it's almost a jungian projection so it's like oh i'm i'm a story in a story it's this very meta oral thing but it's like i'm a story in a story and if i look down and fractalize i'll get the information i need as opposed to like Archangel Sandalphon has given me a message. Maybe that's true. Or, you know, the Palladian 12D self or whatever. Maybe that's true. But it feels at least in a materially reductionist thing, which I'm not generally, but I want to kind of represent both polarities here. It seems like a very uh, practical way of disassociation through symbol, which is more deep than language in a weird way. Um, but what are your, like, when you're pulling cards, I really do feel, I mean, I, I at least I got a reading from you. You're the only second person I've ever paid for reading. There's one other person in you. And I, as soon as I saw um, that was available, I mean, on, on the one hand, I was like, I'm going to harass you about coming out the podcast. <laughs> and then I was like, I'll pay to play, whatever, let's do it. So, but um, <laughs> at some level though, I really wanted a reading and I think it's one of the best readings that, I mean, I haven't gotten many, but I've been around cards and do cards and stuff. The way you tell stories and involve yourself and kind of do it, I'm wondering what your philosophy of the approach with that is. Wow, um, thank you. And you can go I, as long or whatever as you want. Because, I mean, you were alluding to so much shit that I was like, you are a, a little cornucopic thing. Like, you've got a whole lot of data up in there, but you're doing it in such a way that it's like, you know, telling a story on a tapestry is not the same thing as reciting, like, we just went to war and whatever. So it's like you're doing the magic of interpretation for real, real. Um, anyway, I digress. What What is your uh, – you don't have to have a hard philosophy. You could just be like, I like cards. <laughs> kind of thinking in terms of uh, what you're doing with the cards and maybe we'll go into astrology after that a little. 
Well, sure. Well, first, thank you very much for saying that. I, I don't get a lot of feedback on the readings. Sometimes you never hear anything back. So, y'all, um, it was magical. I, I, it was hyper. I, I don't that's know. That's really no nice. Bullshit. Thank you. Like there were sound effects. The wind blew. I'm not sure how yes. much that has to do. See, because you were like, I'm in my mind. I was like, is she getting into my energy field and then channeling as through me? Like I don't understand your philosophy of how you read like that. How I even get into it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Um. So I try not to invade anyone's face. I just. I, it's easy. I, I, I don't know if this is even like a satisfying explanation because I don't have, this is how I do it, like a formula. I, I, when I do a reading, especially the channel journeys, because they're a little, it's not just cards, right? You're like meditating and channeling. Um, I sit down, I read your name, I look at your birth date if people provide it. Um, I think about what that might mean and, and the general sort of energies that are surrounding us in the collective, right? What's happening in the sky. Um, but often I, I'll play the singing bowl or do like the drum and I find that through sound, it, it just elicits so much. I just start to see things. I, I'm very imaginative and like I, I'm able to tap in. Um, I did a reading for someone yesterday and I was like, I'm tasting peanut butter. And she writes back to me and says, I've been eating peanut butter out of the jar for the last two days. And I never do that because it reminds me of my grandma. And it was just like, what is this gift? Like I, I have the gift of Claire Gustance, which is to like, taste and also the gift of the gift of, of scent. I'm not sure what that is. Synesthesia is where you like conflate things like I taste the number nine or whatever, but it oh. seems like, um, no, you're just tapped into hyper dimension. No, I'll just taste stuff. like yeah. people, like I was live on YouTube and, and I started to taste tangerines. Um, I remember it was last September. I was like, I'm tasting tangerines. Why? And she goes, I'm eating one right now and I'm driving in the car listening to you. And it's like, how the fuck does that work? So it's, it's always amazing to me. And this is why through tarot, I've become a spiritual person because it's illuminated so many crazy things like that and opened up a lot of gifts that were just kind of beneath the surface. Um, so it's ex it's exciting because it's this unending exploration of what I can possibly tap into. But in terms of how I do it, I, I don't know. I've always had dreams that I feel you. end the up magic is the magic. playing it's out. Mystery kind it's of just, yeah. it really is. But um, it's beautiful because you're doing it. So don't doubt that. I want to encourage oh, no. you to know that. I mean, I don't think you need my encouragement, but it's like you're killing it. And it's like, don't work. I mean, as a musician, it's like sometimes you just do things um, yeah. and you're not aware even what you did. And mm -hmm. uh, then, you know, it's good to get it documented. As you know, as an artist, it's like yeah. one thing to see the Sistine Chapel, but it's like fucking make it down. Um, Raphael is into tarot. He's, he does channeling and stuff. I don't, I mean, I, in some arbitrary sem semantic way, it's like, what's not channeling. Um, cause I think in some way it's all, all that. Oh. I don't want to be so Go ahead. Um, sorry, before I, I was I coming on. So the chariot is also a musical card to me. I think it's because in, in one of the decks I use the Robin Wood tarot, he's actually holding a harp. Um, but before we, you know, about 10 minutes before we started to speak, I started to hear O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and it was I was singing it, and I actually put on Enya's version of it right before. Does that song mean anything to either of you or the name? I or mean, I'm a Christian. Something. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, but I'm a very different – I'm not going to proselytize or anything. Like when I do DMT, Egyptian beings are like, you're a Christian. I'm like, oh, my God, what the fuck's going on? Dope. Yeah, yeah. No, you've got great cards. Like that's another thing. I think you're um, an eclectic card keeper. Some people are just like, I do right away. It's like, nah, you're using a whole lot of – um, just to get it cuts. on the Here, go, on the video, can you show it again, please? If there was oh, a specific yes. card, just because Jim was talking, so his face was thrown into oh, this. Okay. Thank you. Oh, let me find it here. Um, I'm very particular with my cards. The the Robin Wood deck is one that I learned on. It was the first brand new deck that I had bought for myself. Um, 
I just, it's it's very much inspired by the Waitsmith deck, but it's a little more Celtic sort of nature-based and a little more detailed as well. It was actually that designed in- vibe. Yeah, designed in 89. So maybe like the birth year is- Interesting, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, isn't that, isn't that beautiful? It's neat. Raphael, I've been talking a whole lot. If you have any questions or interjections, feel free, because he's way into tarot. Um, he, I mean, that's one of the reasons I, I, it's not like I ever pulled a card. I think in a weird way, Raphael, you're kind of a portal to the, a lot of the magic I'm into, mm. but it just took a long time of conversing to get to there. Um, do you have any questions or comments? I've been talking a whole lot. Well, I think it's fascinating all that you had mentioned so far. I'm happy with to, to keep listening, although I'm equally interested, you know, in all the processes, but simply put you know it just seems obviously you know you're clued in i mean <laughs> with this not synesthesia in this case but you know sensing and so on and maybe one question could be are you really wondering about how that works or do you know and just <laughs> kind of <laughs> she's not a gemini so she probably doesn't care i'm like i, I have want to no this. <laughs> yeah, oh, no okay, no i okay, do maybe. i think about i think about okay. it constantly um i will say one thing that have that I've noticed, um, and I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but I have noticed that since the 5G the right towers place. have sort of rolled place. out, um, that I will pick up on news. Like I'll be, I'll have a dream or I'll think about something. It'll come into my field, and then the next day it'll show up in the news. So, I, so what I'm thinking, and it's been posted yesterday. So what I'm thinking is, we also are picking up everything that's in the airwaves, right? So there's what people are posting online or like what what is going to come into our field or what's being transmitted through our emails and things like that comes into our field of, of awareness as well but just in terms of how it all works um <laughs> i mean we all come from the same place right like we all and and if we're sensitive and the more that we go inward the more that we can sort of branch outward and and in a bronchial way and sort of tap into everything it, it, I, I do love the mystery of it part of me loves the mystery and then there's half of me that wants to just explore and you know ponder what what could this be um well i don't know if, if i have a concrete... flower it kills it kind of thing it's mm -hmm. like that where it's like we're very i mean all of us are air signs you guys are libras i'm a gemini uh and you've got a lot of third house energy and aquarius energy um if i'm looking at your chart right, i haven't looked at your chart really uh is your north I, I am a north aquarius? i am a north yeah. node aquarius as well so yeah Rafa, yeah yeah. Oh, I'm not. I'm a North Node tourist. But um, in any event, um, it seems like uh, it's almost like David Lynch, if you're into him at all, where it's like there is a practical effect going on for I So not a huge spoiler, but Twin Peaks is like a show about shows and how it affects our psyches. And it's like garbage in, garbage out. Like if you watch murders and want to know who killed who, someone's got to die. So it's like, of course, who killed Laura Palmer? We're going to want to know who. So it's this weird meta kind of conversation with culture at a technical level as a filmmaker. But then he's obviously like a surrealist um, transcendental meditator and all this kind of stuff. So it's like David Lynch uh, is a weird example, but it's like he's practical and he could probably articulate in very, uh, you know, linear terms or, you know, pragmatic terms what he's doing as an artisan. But then there's obviously this ineffable kind of muse quality that is like to even utter it would be to dampen the whole party or, you know what I mean? It's like some things yeah. you just can't talk about. Like the Elaborate on that. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, smoke some DMT, then we might be there or whatever <laughs> um it, it's it's really funny that you say that because in art school my professor said have you ever watched david lynch do you know david lynch because your work reminds us of david lynch um and they're like it's supernatural i said to my friend is my work supernatural and she goes yeah 
Like I had no idea. I never thought about it in those terms. It wasn't a, it wasn't the purpose. It was more those were things I was just sort of drawn to. Um, also, what's interesting is Aquarius is my eighth and ninth houses, and to me, Aquarius and Scorpio are very like sort of death um, death cultures and those processes. Like there's a fascination there and and science scientific. Um, I think I'm going on a bit of a tangent here. I know David Lynch oh, is a Capricorn, a but oh, <laughs> I'm going to start to just... All the room for all the tangents, you know, explore <laughs> the entire... <laughs> Grow, little tree. Um, no, that's funny that but you if I... because I think it's a psychological... Like, Aquarians are psychological in a very alien alien way, and then Scorpios are alien just in the nature that they're coming from the void space or whatever, mm. and they're psychological in a very emotional way. So maybe that's the overlap. I mean, they're not... Yes. That, they're more similar than not in a way. I would lump Aquarius. Yeah. Like they're, they're intense. Yeah. Shit, but um okay uh i digress so uh um, oh, okay <laughs> you know if i sat down and i had to think like how does this work for you and i had time to write it out i'm sure i'd be able to surmise some kind of like come up with some kind of um explanation but honestly have, part have of it is just mystery changed a whole lot or have you been like this works you know wake up at six and ring the bowls and call on the spirit like how oh. like is there a set template in terms of your preparation for the zone um well, it's changed like since I've moved in with my partner just over a year ago. Um, I wake up like with his schedule. He works nine to five, so I wake up with him and get to work basically when he leaves. And so, um, it's it's a very nice like he just kind of gets up and goes. He's a Sagittarius, so he's very much like he's got that sparky energy, and it helps me kind of get up and go. Um, so I, I feed the cats. It's part of a ritual is like caring for others. Like to me, Virgo is my fourth house, right? So I kind of love to care for someone else and then it helps me feel like everything else is kind of grounded and, and their needs are met so I can feel free that no one will need me. So anyway, that's a tangent again, but so I send him off Don't to apologize. work with a snack and I feed the cats and I give them their medicine and then I get up into my beautiful tarot room and I have some little prisms and like glass things and crystals in the window that sort of shine rainbows everywhere and, um, Sometimes I'll meditate in here, but usually I just kind of hit the singing bowl, um, light a candle, um, depending on if I'm getting into readings or not. I don't do those things every morning. Um, sometimes I just get right onto the computer and do the admin work, but specifically for a reading, um, yeah, it's like you have, you have to clear the space with the sound, the singing bowl, right? Fill the space with, with sound and light some incense usually. I like to open the window as well if I'm calling in, uh, say like loved ones who passed on or anything like that, um, or even just general energies like my guardians. So I do the four directions thing now, which is interesting too. I, I didn't like it when I was a teenager. I thought it was like, this is silly. Why do I have to do this? This but, is um, from the craft. Fuck this. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Uh, which is actually a decent movie. But um, so but now I do this. You said guide. Like, do you have guides? Or are you like, oh, I believe in ascended masters? Like, I'm kind of just. You don't even have to pigeonhole yourself. But I'm like, how are you? Do you? Because Raphael has. I mean, I was way more dualistic. Where it's like, there's good things and bad things. And now I'm kind of getting to this unity thing where I'm like, the yin yang is one symbol. We focus on the. Pl you know, it's like, okay, I get it. As much as one can. <laughs> at this uh, yes. point. Actually, one um, additional question, yeah, just yeah. briefly here, because Jim was kind of uh, going on about this last show as well, in terms of. <clears throat> understanding duality understanding it's ultimately you know all happening within the one so there is unity however then the question comes as to picking sides and i'd be very curious maybe jim you can reframe that question once again because you always ask like how to be yeah, how to be in a unity state consciousness and then still you know i was saying it's like playing a role and even you were talking about you know good energy or that there may be 
whatever negative Evil. energy and <laughs> it seemed to me the way you put it that you would have chosen a side same as me by the way and Jim was kind of asking like why to do that or how mm -hmm. to do that or why is that relevant maybe there's anything you can enlighten yeah. us about in that process how that is a great great question one that I've really been thinking a lot about lately as I consider my role in the world and as I'm rebranding to priestess justice um I actually just created a spell. It's called a spell to rebalance power. And I gave it out in swag bags at this market I just participated in. And essentially it's a poem because I, again, the poetry and the old fairy tale kind of um, allegory, but also the, the power of words. And, and with this duality, I am very aware that the two always coexist. Um, you know, you can't have one or recognize one without the other, but doesn't mean it doesn't depress me <laughs> when I think about the darkness and the cruelty of the world, but also the darkness, like the, that's where a lot of things are hidden, right? The, the bad things that take place happen behind closed doors. They happen in secrecy. They're buried, they're hidden. And so to illuminate those spaces. Um, so for me, like being a vegan, illuminating what happens on a factory farm, people don't know you drive down the country road. It's just a closed building. You don't see anything. You don't even know that there's animals in there. And then when you someone sneaks in with the camera, like then you realize, oh my gosh, someone's just made us see the what's actually inside this. Texas Chainsaw Massacre over here. It's a slaughterhouse. It's, <laughs> it's it's crazy, right? Like, and that's what happens. Like abusive relationships, like it all happens behind oh, yeah. closed doors. Oh, yeah. And so um, that's that's kind of an energy that I'm tapping into energetically as I focus on it. I believe that I'm putting that intention out into the world as well. That I will continue to illuminate those things. Um, because we don't see the hidden, like the, the, there's always, that's the scales of justice for me. Maybe it's my Pisces moon overemphasizing it, but there's always a sacrifice with some kind of, I don't, I don't know if you want to call it a win or a good gesture, but there's always like something that ends up sacrificed. Um, and so to me, it's, it's like, what's the cost of that? And, and um, in, sorry in this to, to jump in, but then in terms of sacrifice, also, this is interesting because oftentimes it's understood as, oh, I, you know, I give up my limb or something or in a maybe more neutral way, I'm just letting go of something. The other way to put it would be sacrum officium, which is just a sacred work. So, you know, just to maybe reframe that, I don't mm. know, but you know, nice. I'll let you go on. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, it's great. And I, I do speak in extremities. This like, <laughs> it doesn't have to be so black and white, but I think that that imagery helps me um, understand what side I'm on because I feel everything and I sympathize. Not that I sympathize with the bad guys, but I do love those, again, the stories, right? The, well, the archetypes of sympathizing. Well, I empathize. <laughs> what am I saying here? No, you're not even saying um, anything wrong. You're not trying to be bad, but you see where they're coming from. I mean, I think anybody who's really kind of woke understands a villain's perspective, but then sees that there's better ways to do it because they were coming from ignorance or reactionism or whatever. So mm -hmm. um, there's titillation to the dark, too. I mean, in a real way, it's like, I don't know what your you know, ontological well, positions are. But we yeah, spawn it's it's it, It'd be interesting so of like, how, oh how do you deal, you know, with the polarity in this world or with the apparently opposing forces, or even if you say you wish to dissolve negativity, at least in terms of actualized experience, how do you do that if not by containing it within yourself, which does not mean expressing it in a violent way or anything like that, but really understanding it and being able to contain it. That's the way I see it, because if you contain everything, then you can freely choose what shall actually be expressed within the outside rather than if you try to ignore something or, you know, only live in the light, 
which is too mm -hmm. oftentimes misunderstood, right? Yeah. So, well, that's interesting because being a sensitive person, we can easily want to turn away from that stuff. And I think that's a problem with new age is we just want it to be sparkly, you know, like pretty and whatever. Um, I look in the dark places. I force myself to look at things and learn about things that are hard because I know they're going to break my heart. But it's that pain that motivates me to do something about it, um, to make a donation or to go volunteer somewhere or to spread awareness or like whatever little way that you can in that moment. Right. And then. Um, so in terms of the polarity, I think you do have to stay in the darkness. And part of that um, poem that I wrote was light workers stick to the shadows for evil um, will never ail. We must continue to fight the good fight so justice may prevail, something like that. So the idea is that you 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 stay in those dark places where, where the bad stuff happens. You stay close to those dark people because you want to know what their motivations are, what they're going to do. And then you can either try and alchemize that. You can try and work with it. I mean... I'm not talking about like <laughs> like dictators. I mean, there's like people in your personal life that 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 are have, have this darkness as well, right? So um, maybe you stay there and you try to work with it rather than just I don't want to deal with you. You're bad energy. I think that's another thing about New Age too. We just cut things off and walk away, right? We'll release release what's not serving you. Well, I don't know if that really. I think that creates more self interest than it actually helps the world. And maybe self interest is what some of us need. But for me personally, I just it 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 doesn't feel right for it to just be me. I'm I'm far too selfless. Um, so I'm always trying to like raise other voices. That. So I've been vegan for a while. I mean, I was. You have. Yeah, I've been. Well, my reasons are Gemini, Leo rising bullshit. It's like, oh, a cute girl was vegetarian, so I was like, I'll try this, and then it nice. got stuck to it. Um, <laughs> I became vegan like four years ago. Probably I saw a PETA video on acid, and I was just like, oh shit. Oh my I god. Ever? Yeah, or maybe I wasn't on acid, but I was like in the afterglow, and I was like, well, that's a slaughterhouse. Like it's like real. Like this is bullshit. Um, what level of that? It seems like that. Are you an activist at that level? Because. Uh, I don't like, usually I just say I'm plant-based and I don't, and mm -hmm. there's benefits to it and I can point people in a direction, but I'm not one, like we've had vegans who are like, we go to slaughterhouses and stop trucks and shit like that. Um, oh, yeah. But then it's like, all right, well, are we just raging against the night? Like, how are we integrating ourselves? Are they on their karmic journey that they need to be on? Did the pig ask to be slaughtered? And it's going, it gets really tricky for me where I'm like, I don't, you know, on the one hand, on the outside, it's like these people That's are, actually what you may speak to because that was the question like when and how to intervene or why or isn't it already ordained to be so evil? Why even do all, anything? Everything is awesome. Why participate? Exactly. So maybe you can all, reply to that because like, I was yeah. kind of like, maybe not struggling with the answer, but I just kind of said, well, you know, it just in a way- When do you, you act? Yeah, but also okay. in terms of choosing your role and then that just brings certain actions and attitudes with it. That's how I explained it, but I'd be curious as to what you say. And why not just leave it and say, oh, it's all divine, you know, it's all yeah. the polarity and I'll just leave it. I, well, know. there's there's the one on the one side, it's the cycle of life. And so I can see someone who would, it's, it's the way that everything is just turned into something consumable is what it comes down to. There's no respect for the sacred. If you're hunting an animal or even like a small family farm, if you're going to eat animals or their products, and that's the way to do it. Um, it's the way that we pump them with chemicals so that they don't spread disease. And we, yeah, it's completely you know, insane, yeah. and the stress, <laughs> the stress of the slaughterhouse workers and the PTSD that they deal with, which causes them to be more cruel and take it out on their families at home. And, you know, like there, there's just such a cycle of suffering and they're often exploited workers as well, who can't get another job. So they're kind of forced into this like horrific situation too. Um, 
And that also leads to a lack of accountability. Um, so in terms of my activism, actually, I would say that being vegan um, is probably one of the main reasons that I'm a spiritual person, because it, it, it does pose those difficult questions about like, when is it the cycle of life? And when is it um, just, you know, there's definitely need for nourishment. And everyone has different ways of doing that, but it's it's the entitlement and the overconsumption of this culture, like with everything um, that that I have a really hard time with. Um, it, it, it's it's the consumption and the exploitation, and like just so just so people can have like their ice cream, right? Like that's I think in terms of the divine mother and the eco feminism, which is another tangent. I'm gonna try to answer your question, Raphael. Um, I've intervened in all kinds of ways. I've tried like all the different kind. I've I've done the the pig saves, like the slaughterhouse truck. Um, to me, I think that just creates more pain for yourself. I think it is important to bear witness. Um, and it's important to capture those shots, right, and to, to expose the conditions that the animals suffer through on those trucks and, and the lacerations and, and you know, the, the crowding and the overheating and all this. Um, but I think that type of action also just kind of hurts yourself if you're doing it week after week, but nothing else. Um, because if you're not creating visibility with it, then you're just internalizing it and hurting yourself. So it's a great question that you pose, Raphael, too, because it's like, am I doing this, uh, say again, as a Pisces moon who who feels a lot, is am I doing it to feel something? Or am I doing it because I really care? That's another good philosophical question. Um, but no, it's, you know, no you, you just answer. can't. I just yeah. can't. I Once I saw those, I went to Warp Tour when I was 16. Uh, PETA was there. They gave me a DVD. Um, all the bands were talking about their different opinions on how to be nice to animals. And they showed a lot of footage that I'd never seen. Um, I was vegetarian for three months at that time because, again, I was finally allowed to cut meat out of my diet. <laughs> um, but the eggs and, and milk, I still thought that they had to. But then you realize, like, they're taking calves away from their mothers and hooking those mothers up to machines and killing the calves so that we can have their milk instead when we don't have to. There's just such an unnecessary cycle that it's gone so far out of control. Babylon um, system, as Bob Marley would put it. It's nuts. It's crazy. But it's it's it's, it's crazy to me because if you've ever seen Cloud Atlas, it's like, this, I mean, it gets into Nietzscheanism, where it's like the strong eat the weak. And it seems like there's a perpetuation of culture in a sense. This is what like, sometimes when like when I pull way back, I'm like, if this is like a solipsistic, you know, as within, so without kind of thing, not that I'm a full on solipsist, but I'm like, you know, we're all participating in a dream, it seems, or whatever this is. Um, so I'm culpable for Jeffrey Epstein Island and I'm culpable for whatever, you know, it's like yeah. that gets fucks me up. And whereas it's mm -hmm. like being aware of some things that you have no power of, where is the actual power? Well, like, just briefly, there's you know, the a differentiation. You got to pick your battles. Yeah. yeah the this... horses don't want to go to the lake. And I'm like, yo, y'all, stay on the road, chariot. And it's like my this... attention yeah. goes everywhere. But I would say there's also differentiation between saying, oh, I'm culpable for that or I'm responsible for that, which would just, again, ask the question, how do I respond to anything I perceive? And that's a different thing to me because it's not about feeling guilty. It's about what do you do with the information you're being presented with? Yes. And uh, in terms of your question, I would give a tentative answer as to why or when to act. I would say it has to do with authenticity ultimately and how one defines that maybe is different for each and every one. But just in terms of, again, coming back to the question, not just kind of what actions you take, but why really take an action when rather you could choose the perspective of saying, oh, it's already perfect. Just what Jim had pointed out. Although, you know, in terms of content of what you said, I completely agree with you. So there's no Acceptance can be passive. That's where I have this bubble issue where it's like, aren't we glad revolutionaries decided to stand up against Britain and we have America? Or what? it's like there's times when action is necessary and there's times when we create much more karma by doing actions. So I'm not always sure. Um, I think, I think know, like, um, 
Yeah. Well, it's interesting because what I'm learning more and more is that legal protection is a very important thing because animals have basically none, um, especially industrialized um, sort of commodified animals. They do, they have literally no legal protection. So that's that's important. I mean, it just sort of helps with accountability and everything. Um, when to intervene, I don't know. It's just you have to, like, when can you no longer stand to just be an observer? I'm sorry, there's certain things that I observe and I cannot, I can't deal with that. I have such a strong sense of justice um, that I will, like, pull over to the side of the road and hash it out with someone <laughs> if I'm driving by and they're saying some bullshit. Um, not that that's a form of activism, but it's like, I can't be quiet. I can't just idly sit by while, while something terrible is happening in the world. And so um, currently through my program, Justice Academy, we're sponsoring a farm sanctuary. So we have a little chicken named Andy who we take care of every month. Um, I volunteer there as well when, you know, before the pandemic, when we were allowed to sort of be there. <laughs> um, I've done I've done all kinds of things in the past, but uh, there was a huge sort of split in our local um, animal rights scene. So I haven't participated much in the last few years, but I, I do sort of quietly educate people behind the scenes, right? And I've, I've turned a lot of people vegan um, through different, uh, you know, talking about the environment, talking about um, your health, like there's all kinds of different great, you know, people ask questions. I'm like, well, have you thought about this? Never with an agenda to convert somebody, but just if they're asking. Um, I don't know if I'm talking about this topic too much, but this no, is an I mean, example of when care. to be. I haven't politicized it much personally. It's more like yours. Like people know I am, and I'll I'll mention it for reasons that aren't as political, probably as yours. Though that happens to fall under an umbrella of just general, like wow, we're really fucking this thing up with like who's driving the machine kind of thing. Like yeah. why did we inherit these cultural values that say industrialization and consumerism is the the you know the point of it or whatever? I it's strange. It's very and bizarre. I think, well, it's breaking down now. I mean, that's kind of the whole Jupiter-Saturn conjunction last year or whatever. Um, and it's going to take some time. And I'm not saying all mm -hmm. of a sudden it's going to be fucking Charlotte's Web and no one's eating animals or anything like that. Like people – that's where it gets tricky because I don't want to intervene. This is the Bodhisattva versus uh, – I think there's another Brutus term. I'm forgetting it. Like the um, ah, ah, Arhat or something like that. Um, but it's like the Bodhisattva is like I, I went to salvation and I'm coming back to say – it's like this you know, almost like Pisces moon thing where it's like I will save you. I will, I will, I will show you the way. I will wait for my redemption until we're all in this together, or whatever. Whereas the Arhats, like everything's perfect as it is. Why, but like, why cry? Like, there is no mm -hmm. such thing as redemption and salvation. And it's like I wish I is. had that mentality. I, I wish that, that I didn't. Yeah, yeah. That I wasn't affected by the shit that I see. Honestly, it's very hard to be a three-dimensional being um, in in this world just to see, like, the three-dimensionality. It's it's just like, oh my god. <laughs> everything is that might tie into the astrology so how, that, <laughs> it seems to me that astrology is the mechanic behind which at least parts of our dimensionality are manifest so it seems like you know dna has a double helical thing which was actually discovered on lsd thanks watson crick um but it seems like there's patterns to reality and that some of these are governing patterns i guess you could put it because in a weird way, it's like, what's not zodiacal to me at this point? But then I'm like, I drank the Kool-Aid, I get it. So it's like, I'm in, I can't unsee it. But how yeah. do you process the grid of reality through an astrological lens? Do you think it's all, I mean, are how, like, we're Cro-Magnons dealing with Aries energy? Or is this like a shifting thing? Like in a thousand years, we won't be talking about these archetypes. So Rider Waite will be out and we'll be using star seeds instead. Or what do you, mm. what's your impression of kind of, human archetype and symbol and in our interaction with reality and trying to understand reality through these systems. That's what we're doing. I mean, that's what we're trying yeah. to do, like see it for what it mm -hmm. is. You know, I'm not sure I have a full answer for that. 
Um, Any, you don't have to have a full answer. Never feel like, oh, you're going to say something. We're all going to just be like, well, that's it. Eh, hang on. <laughs> yeah. um, like, I'm just curious. By nature. I so, want, I ask myself the same questions. It's, it's like, interesting. It's like, <laughs> to me, to me, tarot and astrology are just these unending explorations. Does this fit? Um, I have a theory or I have a thesis and I test it with this person who was born on this day under this moon or whatever. Is it going to work? Or is this event going to happen like this year? Um, and I think it's it all works in cycles. Um, I guess what fascinates me in like a Joseph Campbell kind of way, it seems like obviously there's a balkanization kind of of worldviews. So Mayan astrology is not Chinese, is not Babylonian or whatever. Like Western tropical astrology is not Vedic. You get what I'm saying? So there's these different kind of like models, mm -hmm. but they're all vehicles, the chariot. They're all getting us there. And I'm wondering at some point, it's like horse and buggy, car, rocket ship. Like are these co-evolving with us is it like what's the feedback loop marshall McLuhan, who's actually a canadian um was all like you know the tool shapes the user kind of thing these yeah. are tools that are shaping us so it's like if if we use fire of course we're going to have food of course if we make food we're going to cook pigs eventually or what you know it's like that so i'm wondering because i'm not giving up on right or weight personally i think it's great i use other oracle decks and things like that so do you it looks like it feels like we're getting into a postmodern situation enough where enough internet woke kids who have done drugs or whatever the fuck's going on, enough Dolores Cannon second waivers have come in where we're like, yo, this all is a tapestry of awesome. Let's play um, at, on our best days um, as opposed to being like hyper dogmatic, like, you know, Blavatsky types where it's like, this is the way. And if you don't do this, I think we're kind of, I mean, obviously the South is, is in uh, Sag and North is in Gemini right now. So it's about ideas, opening, expanding, playing with ideas. Um, I'm not even looking for a predictive thing is like how much mileage does this have left, but do you feel there's still as much power and veracity behind the systems you're using as when you jumped into them? Uh, it seems there's a kind of a dilate. Like sometimes I'm like, this is all there is. Oh my God, everything's a decimal. And sometimes I'm like, wow, that's a lens through which I was pressing my face against. And that's why it was all that color. And now if I take off the lens, uh, it's, mm -hmm. it's whatever we want. It's open source in the sense. Um, how committed to systems are you? Well, I mean, look at the ancient Egyptians with their alchemy and ancient Greek um, astrology, like those tropes are still very much used and relevant today. I mean, they're only a few thousand years old, but um, very much relevant. But it'd be interesting to see over the next while, like how humans evolve with the relationship with technology. And I mean, some days I think it's all just going to crash and burn and end. <laughs> like Solar the earth flare. continues, we'll still have... Um, What's interesting to me is like the the image of the mushrooms. Everyone is is so fascinated. Like like fairies and mushrooms is just a very pop culture image. But I always pay attention to what's sort of accepted by the masses at certain times. And what does it mean for the collective? So the mushroom to me, when it comes up in a reading, is a symbol of resilience because the mushroom is a a fungus that has not really evolved or changed in its nature, structure, shape since the dawn of time. Whereas you know civilizations have risen and fallen. We've had all this evolution of different species, but the mushroom itself um, remains the same, largely un unchar uh, unchanged, <laughs> large and uncharged, <laughs> largely unchanged. Um, so I'm wondering, you know, I always wonder, I have kind of a, 
a nihilistic, like pretty pessimistic worldview sometimes, to be honest, as much as I try to make I'd the world a better place. I'm a super, <laughs> no, it's, it's honestly, it's, it's the duality and, and um, I dwell there a lot. And this is why poetry and art help me, but I do have a fascination with mortality. And I always wonder like how much of this is sustainable? How much of this is really like, how long can we continue this way? Um, or is there nothing to worry about? And it's just like, playing on because there's different ways that we can play on people's emotions and fear we can do that by telling them that the, they need to buy more things or by telling them that they shouldn't buy anything and the world is ending so they're both again that duality they're both part of the same story and it's like which one do you believe um and one thing that i've like i used to just I, being a nihilist and, and my experience and stuff would be like i couldn't see past tomorrow and just recently I've begun to believe in the future, which is a very, it sounds silly, but it's a very profound That's thing big. for me to come to come upon, right? It's like, my partner said this, he goes, the future is exciting. And he said it like the day of the Sagittarius eclipse too. <laughs> I thought, holy shit, it really struck me. The future is exciting. It is, is that Pisces of, of absorption, right? Just like, holy shit, new idea. Let me take this on and, and have fun with it. And it is, the future is exciting. And it's like, not that you want to be like a selfish, um, I do have issues with consumption. So I, I mentioned a lot, no, but we're um, assholes that don't think long term, <laughs> clearly. Yeah. Like we're we're yeah. seeking Wally yeah. failure. Yeah. And let me just mention briefly with all the consumption, what I, what always bugs me out is it's not only about all the things you mentioned, it's also about health in terms of what yeah. you eat and you eating stress. How oh healthy gosh. is it going to be for you? Right. Exactly. And, and also societally, because Imagine if you truly believe you can treat, especially something you can recognize as very conscious, like an animal, and you literally treat it like cattle. Well, imagine there's someone else who's seeing you the same way, you know, and that's just also not good for a society, right? Yeah. Well, no, I, absolutely. Um, that's that's one thing too is that people don't realize that they eat the stress. They eat what gets frozen in those muscles, right? Um, I could talk, if you guys want to do another podcast and just talk about that, we, we could do that too. We will do a vegan um, strong one. That'd be fucking we awesome. Really that. There's a girl from Canada that I'm friends with that I haven't talked in a while. I'm forgetting her name, but she's uh, really hardcore. She's a Pisces, so you guys are going. But um, I know I'm okay. spacing her name. Oh, God, I see her face. Anyway. Um, That's okay. Um, go but yeah, it's, no, just, is it, you know, I believe in the future again, and um, I think you know. It's I think I think to do that with. I mean, it's it, all been like yes. London towers falling down. Holy shit! Even yep. Rockwell a few podcasts ago because we've been taking breaks. I had COVID a few months ago. I've been working at a, as a barista and just engaged with the fiance across the pond and all sorts of stuff. So I'm like stressed, but. Um, he was, I don't know what you said exactly last time, but you were like, it looks dire or something like that. You were saying, Raphael. And it does, this is where I'm just kind of like, you know what? <laughs> I mean, this is kind of the Wu Wei thing where it's like, you know, I've got to just roll with the punches and deal with it as it comes. And, you know, phantasms of the mind can become worse than actual things sometimes. Oh, like yes. the whole war on terror, <laughs> you know, MCR and their whole like chemical romance. I mean, the Black Parade, he was deeply affected by 9 11. I think a lot of people were. Yeah. But, um, if you focus on everybody being a terrorist, it's going to create a world full of fear porn or, you know what, like that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And we're kind of trying to get out of that. But I think we're try also trying as a collective, at least younger people, we're trying to be accountable and responsible and realistic, but also hopeful. So it's this weird dichotomy of like, oh shit, maybe we are going to run out of whatever resources. See, it's, this gets into scarcity programming and all sorts of weird shit. 
Well, see, I think about that too, because the prices are rising. And the thing is, with all of the natural disasters becoming more and more extreme, there's going to be fewer access, like less access to resources. Like, for example, you need a new laptop. Will you be able to buy one? Um, like slowly and slowly, will things stop being produced? Will you stop having access to things like oils going through the roof? Like we're definitely going to have to find new ways of, and I mean, the, the technology is there. I think the issue is the answers are there, but they're suppressed or they're paid off or they're like <laughs> eradicated, right? So um, I I don't know. It's it's well, on the well, one. <laughs> you've talked about scarcity and non-scarcity because uh, it's it's a matter of perception at some level. Um, Does it have to do with how we're raised too? Were we raised in poverty or were we raised with plenty? I think that that affects our worldview as well sometimes. Um, like the five of pentacles, right? Like how do you see things? What do you, what you, ha what have you experienced and what do you believe is possible? Yeah, people who don't have, you know, three meals a day or whatever are going to look, um, for better or worse, I mean, I've got Saturn conjunct my south node in Scorpio, fourth house, so it's like I don't take care of myself very well. So, um, oh. you know, when I eat a good meal, it's like, I really fucking appreciate that. Cause usually it's just like a kimchi sandwich and a tofu sausage or, you know, like stupid <laughs> shit, right? Where it's like, this is, if you guys saw what I ate, you'd be like, try a little harder. You'll love life more. But um, when you're but an intellectual, me, you just want to get to work. You don't want to yeah, have to feed like, your is, body. You just want to think and, and theorize. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Although Raphael, that goes a lot better if you have a good meal that's tasting and, you know, <laughs> thinking works better. <laughs> exactly. Than, as exactly. Well. You guys are going to value the balance of well, good living. I mean, you guys probably mm -hmm. get that more. I intellectualize it where I'm like, oh, I, I have a workout that I paid for, but I've never done it because I'm too distracted. You know, it's like and having Chiron and Gemini, Sun Moon and Chiron and Gemini. It's a shit show, opposite Neptune. In any event, um, you're pulling cards. I don't know what you're doing. Shuffled? I, yeah, I'm shuffling some cards. Feel free I got to the, do whatever thou wilt, as Curly would say. Totem tarot. That's what's up. <laughs> um, Raphael, while she's shuffling, I'm kind of curious. I, we're talking about, uh, I mean, there's things I haven't looked into just because I'm too lazy or too bored, but, you know, Bruce Lipton, you've talked about, and we're um, just the nature of how we choose to operate really dictates how we perform in the Matrix. Like, if you're going to eat bullshit all the time, of course you're going to have food hangovers and sugar crashes and you know it's like mm -hmm. and i think we're starting to get to the point where it's like it's almost like um in star wars um when finn kind of wakes up he's like i don't want to kill people i'm just part of a perpetuated system i've been born into this i was bred into this it's what my culture is the cult i'm in and i think we're starting to kind of distance ourselves from that but it's tricky because we can't just destroy the cart um it's the, i mean uh, I would love it if we could just snap our fingers and I'll be like green and like, you know, Ewok villages or whatever. It's like, that'd be cool. But like, it's we're definitely have a, transition a to process, that. a psychological and spiritual process. But just very simply put, if you would have proper diet for everyone, your body and somatic experience wouldn't be in starvation mode anymore. And this influences your consciousness. And that's how you get one yes. big part of how you get to abundance mindset or unity consciousness is actually mm -hmm. feeling well within your body. So it really, I would say, very much interconnects and also makes you more efficient, even if you just want to work, you know, having, yeah. you know, truly balanced, you know, fresh, whatever it may be for you, organic diet and so on, highest quality possible, you know, because it's, guess what, it's all interconnected. And it's Absolutely. not only about what you eat, but of course, also what you believe. That's the whole Bruce Lipton thing with the stem cells and so on, that ultimately, again, your belief system even determines your own genetic expression. So from my point of view, there's absolutely no excuse <laughs> anymore, in a sense. If you're willing to take self-responsibility, you can be completely in charge, which I think is great, you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. That is the chariot card. 
It's like, we can ride this to Valhalla if we get these horses working together with the bits or whatever the fucking equestrian yeah. terms there are. Um, so what are you pulling? And feel free to talk. I was just going to say, well, Venus is in Virgo until the 16th of August. So that's something that I am focusing on this at this time. I, th I think a lot of us are, but it's, it's just more in the collective consciousness that taking care of the physical body, taking care of oneself is a spiritual act. That's the best way to be in service to others as well. Oh, yeah. So this is the animal totem tarot. I don't know if you've seen it before. Nice. I've actually it's, it's a nice, nice bright. Very good yeah. one. Oh, like, I just man, pulled like, it again. Man, <laughs> I, yeah, it's like I smoked the That's, I talked to that's the founder beings in the fuck. alien uh, xenology. The mantids are the founder beings or the majority. Oh, yeah? yeah. Are you into aliens? And like, how, like, where does your new age like territory spread? Some people are like, oh, tarot and astrology, but fuck the I Ching and or you know, whatever. Oh, the I Ching is interesting. Um, I'm learning more and more. I'm always willing to explore any and all of it. Um, I'm in a 12-month um, healer certification program. So we're studying a lot of different like energy healing from around the world. And she's taught us about star seeds. And star seeds is something I... It's interesting to me because it's like if you don't quite feel like you fit in, maybe you're from something else. But is it that or is it just another like mythological thing that we've a created new to, to feel production. better? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Like not, not um, kings, it's Pleiadians and Orion now or whatever. That's how I've always yeah. looked at it. It's like we're just extending this, the uh, the newosphere further or whatever. But uh, It's the but, same archetype, just different you know, sort of names, right? I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's very interesting stuff. Um, aliens, I was obsessed with aliens when I, was a, when I was a kid. I guess all 90s kids kind of were, right? <laughs> all right, then do me a favor and say stop anytime because I'm going to shuffle as well. Okay. We'll rely on her priestess mode. Stop. I didn't even start yet. Give me one second. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can see me shuffling, so we have a chance. Maybe I'm meant to take three. Should I take another? Oh, There's sure. Do what that will. And I'm curious as to the etymology, like priestess justice. I mean, obviously you're Libra, but like what, what's this new about facing your own professionalism about? So it's, um, it's a sovereign name that I've chosen for myself. Um, it, you know, I think it more efficiently expresses to the public what I'm about. Like I preach peace and the, the point of my readings is hopefully to always isolate the cause of chaos in someone's life and teach them how to maybe look at something differently or how to take practical action to remove the chaos and create more peace um, within themselves or with other people. But it also is a nice reminder to myself. You know, I think with the name Wendy Bones, it's, it's an awesome name, but I think it just sounds like cutesy goth kind of thing. And I, I just, you know, I'm into my 30s now and I'm, I'm inco I've incorporated my business. So I, I want it to be official. Um, and I, you know, I always work with scales and that, again, that imagery of polarity and duality, stop, um, is, is, is very clearly signified through integrity oh. very good very good this is I pulled straight, the, the hermit this is straight up sasani this is bashar civilization even you get the 101 yeah wow. doesn't, I pulled that doesn't get much better than that yeah very yeah, good yeah. doesn't um, that I, his uh, his little antennae and the sun look like 101 as well yes. in that hermit oh yeah i mean this is where the pisces can dis zero point energy disassociate yeah. everything <laughs> yeah. it's too much sometimes i, uh, I would love to step into someone else's chart for a day <laughs> I think that's uh, um, that might be possible, but I think it might be possible. necessary. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> that's my two cents. Because when you trip, man, you can kind of be anything. But I, I had taken a year off oh. of tripping, and I tripped the other day uh, on the mind day at a time for the first time on acid. And I was listening to 
Tears for Fears, Songs for the Big Chair, and Carol and Tuesday, this anime. Anyway, I was just getting all these downloads and be like, holy tits. It was nuts. Um, very important. I just pulled a card, but I'll talk about the, sec- the second artist card, Buckminster Fuller, the Buckyball. Perfect. Um, That's C60. Yeah. Very nice. We could talk about that in a second. Uh, in- talk about integrity. This, this fits really well. I like it. Very good. It says live. I mean, there's three pieces of advice. This is a cool deck. Art. You'd like this, Wendy. Artists. Uh, oh, look very at those. Very cool shit, right? Wow. No, you dig it. I, uh, Art oracles, I, eh? Yeah. They've got a musician's one, but I mean, I'm like, I don't need Jay-Z and run DMC. I need like Van Gogh. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Anyway, it's got little three kind of quips and it talks about their life. Bucky Fuller, the Epcot ball down the Geodesic Dome Disney World. That's that's what that is. He's super Aquarian energy, but it says live to serve, serve to solve. And I think that's kind of what mm. we're trying to do here. Um, we are living to serve. That's this humanitarian vegan Pisces, Libra, you know, love, you're like a lover of people. I mean, essentially you, you want to serve them for their dream to work. <laughs> like yes. That's kind of what you're trying to do. Um, so we're lear- living to serve, but serving to solve. Oh. Like it's not about just sitting there and watching things happen. We have brains. Let's use them. Kind of stuff. You just uh, reminded me of something. Mm-hmm. Making their dreams. That's really powerful. So I, I got a reading done um, last year for my 2021 by my favorite reader on YouTube, Kaylee Jean. Do you follow her channel? I've never even heard of her. I'll check her out. Oh, she's fucking awesome. Um, she's she's brilliant. But um, anyway, she did my reading and she she looked at my chart. She goes, you have Jupiter in the 12th house. I associate that with like sleep, working with sleep cycles, um, even looking into demonology and like sh- shamanic work where you can go in trance and, and help clear things out for people. And so um, <laughs> I kind of added like a funny little subtitle to Priest Justice was rest in peace where I'm thinking about getting more and more into like helping people with sleep. Now, a lot of people have told me that they listen to my readings before they go to sleep because I guess my voice is um, oh, soft and maybe soothing. somewhat it's boring. It's no, it's not <laughs> um, boring at all. You're like a bedside nurse with magical fun. it's like this is what prince caspian's fucking nurse maid must have sounded like or whatever it's like what the fuck you're good so don't so you could do asmr tarot or whatever yeah i was i was thinking about something like that yeah because i love to play little chimes and like soft music as well so um that's kind of the just when you said making their dreams work i'm like yes dream work like getting into the and sorry but i have to bring this up um so number one of course some people maybe even be able to absorb the information better if they are close to falling asleep of course that's the in-between states Mm -hmm. you're perfectly aware of that right or even when they fall asleep and Mm -hmm. that's also the main storyline in terms of star seeds Bashar always brings up for the Sasani which are you know uh, one could say heavily positively polarized but very well harmoniously integrated society by now without explaining all the backstory but he always says that the main thing they realized is not to make a differentiation between sleep and supposed waking reality anymore living and realize yeah exactly living lucidly you're living (laughs) the dream and when you sleep you're alive you know and interconnecting those aspects Mm. just to point out the sink i love that thank you is there anything you wanted to say about the card you pulled other than it's a mantis oh i actually pulled three cards oh well the conch is yours i don't give a shit yeah we do what we want the first card was the hermit um i showed him to to you but then he flipped over so he really wanted to be here so we've got the hermit uh, we have the Nine of Cups, so two nines. This deck is awesome. And the Queen of Wands. So this to me, we talked a lot about picking our own battles. And the the Queen of Wands here, the Lioness, you know, big cats, um, they don't they know how to conserve their energy. They know what's important. They don't get up for everything, right? They they stay seated and they 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 take pride in when they 
are in service or when they need to go after their their needs. So with the Hermit and the Nine of Cups too, it's like not not about making yourself happy, but just knowing what your soul needs. To me, the Nine of Cups is a is a deep soul fulfillment, um, something that sometimes shows in the universe that no, you can like synchronicities you can't even explain to someone else because they're so deeply personal to like the weirdest things about yourself that you don't <laughs> you just seem kind of weird if you shared them um can't give pearls to swine it's kind of like say. it's like this won't make sense to you but uh, yeah 12 12 yeah <laughs> and that's something like as i as i manifest justice for myself through this name and through these words that i'm speaking and um discernment is, is something that i ask for because I, I, you know, being a boundaryless person, a boundless person with lots of feeling, and and I want to turn that off. Like it's a great gift, but I turning it off is kind of a struggle. Where I, you know, I'm up at night thinking about readings I've done, or is that person okay? Or thinking about you know the animals or whatever. So this to me is um, staying in tune with with the path, but also knowing like what is yours to hold and what is not. I don't know if you guys have seen The Lion King 2. I normally don't suggest spin-offs of the original, but it's actually pretty good. Uh, check it out. I wouldn't suggest this normally. I watched it with my niece and nephew like a year or two ago. I was like, this is like woke as fuck. It just has no budget. Like they didn't have Elton John. They didn't, you know, they weren't going huh. for that like pomp and circumstance. Okay. They would already moved on to other, you know, franchises, but Lion King 2, check that shit out. Mm. Okay. I haven't actually seen it. Hmm. How would you associate the hermit with the mantid? What's your, how would you explain that imagery if there's anything that comes up? Because I find it very interesting. I love the hermit. I love mantids. So I'm, I'm surprised that they put it together. Um, some of the explanations in this, in the written descriptions of these cards is strange because this is actually a male mantis. Um, and to me, the hermit card, this, this is dark, but um, the hermit card symbolizes often loved ones passing on or the end of a life or um, someone who's recently passed or is going to or is watching over you. So knowing that it's a male mantis um, and not being able to recall off the top of my head what the actual description is, just that it's a male mantis. To me, that's like coming to the end of a cycle. Nines are also numerolo numerologically associated with the ends of cycles. Um, so there is kind of an end, uh, <laughs> like a dark end um, to that. Uh, and end after, like, end oh, after, right. But the end would be after reunification only, no? So in a sense. <laughs> yeah. And then there's the Queen of Wands with her happy sort of self-fulfilled Nine of Cups, you know, like the, the predator kind of watching over the, um, the hermit. Um, but to me, I think there's also something with the hermit, like in terms of the old alchemist being in disguise and wearing like not costumes, but disguising their writings and working in code and things like that. And um, the mantis is, along with the spy, the Black Widow in this deck too, like very, the, the feminine mystique is also part of it. Um, I don't know a whole lot about the praying mantis other than like praying and being in service and like the silly things like that. But um, I think the I don't know. What is your insight as a no? They sex. they do yeah. they do, which is why I say it's the end of of his life because he's yeah. about to mate and then. It's and like then yeah, nine of cups tonight. I'm too bro, polite to but, say. Uh, <laughs> yeah, ten of cups and then. gonna kill you. <laughs> um, yeah, it's kind of a funny story. 
what do you associate with the mantis, Raphael? Yeah, well, uh, the way you explain it, of course, with the male mantis makes perfect sense. To me, what comes up, of course, is just because I'm aware with that, you know, imbued in that storyline in a sense, not even necessarily invested. But here the mantids are supposedly called the founder beings, whatever this means exactly. Mm. But they are supposedly even, I'm not sure how, to what degree you learned about this in your starseed studies, let's say. And I'm only always repeating here, let's say, the main storyline that's been corroborated in a sense by distinct channels. And just to me makes the most sense because it's the most neutrally presented from what I could glean and not any doom and gloom scenario or any we're going to save you scenario. And here the mantids, for example, are also the overseers for the hybridization program between present Earth humans and future Earth humans, which are the small gray aliens that actually could not reproduce anymore because they stopped having any emotions, developed an intellectualized hive mind, like mm. the Borg and so on, collective, you know. But I would say eventually they lack the energy because they lack the energy in motion to keep procreating, even though they had the most advanced genetic manipulation available wow. they couldn't proceed so they tunneled back through space-time and within that storyline asked the mantids as a kind of more highly evolved being or whatever or civilization to assist them in overseeing the process because they recognize they're already in such a corner and so distinct from human consciousness that they need some kind of a mediating force uh, within that and other than that, it's just interesting that in German, I mean, even in English, it's praying mantis. In German, it's Gottesanbeter, which is yeah, the one literally praying to God, right? Hmm. It's got the hand thing. I was just looking at uh, this card. I mean, this looks almost another one, in yeah. a very way, right? Oh, yeah. Like a praying mantis with that 101 on top. I mean, that's close enough for me. So <laughs> that's wow. how it's like, what's not symbolically resonant? Good point. Um, it's tricky. But uh, so do you... What made you start pulling? How do this? You started with Rider Weight and stuff. You do a lot of decks. You do a lot of Oracle decks. Have you? I mean, I think we're similar in that it's just like I want to jam on all sorts of musical notes. And if this, if I'm feeling this, this will have this flavor. And if this has this flavor, it seems yeah. like you're kind of a chef of magic in that sense. <laughs> how are you kind of? Um, what do you? What do? You, what attracts you? Is it the art? Is it the story? <laughs> this is the tarot of the cloisters it's uh, so stained glass windows i just cut the deck we got justice <laughs> um but a fucking course sorry um no don't well, apologize you never have first... to apologize to me i'm the most interruptive i apologize too much is. i'm too polite around <laughs> tarot i've never, never seen something it. like that before circular yeah. tarot cards it's cool yeah so i actually don't read reversals so having a round deck is really refreshing i don't either nice i don't like them I'm just like, and it's wow, funny because yeah well i mean the tarot already has so many meanings i think you'll you're able to read the card um based on either the energy you get from it or what's around it or you know you don't need to add this whole other 78 additional meanings if it's upside down um i don't think it takes away the energy of of the card but that's my personal thing um I'm the on first that deck, wave 100 yeah so don't feel bad yeah it's i think we overthink it sometimes um the first deck I got was the Dragon Tarot by Nigel Suckling. And it's it was a great deck. I bought it secondhand at an antique store. And uh, I was like 18 or 19. Um, it was interesting. I was attracted to the dragon aspect. But it was, some of the minor arcana were just like the five five of wands was just literally five wands like on a plain card so um it was on a budget and a time schedule clearly yeah i I got a month to pump this out okay here's some basic shit you can't win them all i mean that's something i know it's like you know what it takes a long time (laughs) it takes a shit ton Um, um then i bought the robin wood tarot 
which you've spoken highly of for a long time. This is the one that I've, yeah, this is the one that we were looking at before. So I love that. I love that deck. Um, yeah. Sorry. What was the question that you asked? It's nothing, no real question. I'm just like, uh, I mean, there was a point where I didn't, I look at it almost as artist, like art I can interact with. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. That's so why like, I love tarot. magic, but it's like, I'm not even like, I'm now being like, Oh, Alejandro Jodorowsky has a tarot book or, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm getting into the nitty gritty of the engineering of the process of that alchemy or whatever. Um, even if it's like, oh, in Egypt, they had this Temple of Thoth thing and you went in and pointed at a thing and that's divination. But it seems to me that, um, I mean, I, I don't know if it's the Venus and Taurus or what, but it's like art is is the means to salvation in a way for us um as humans right like beauty i mean truth what is truth what is beauty what is, but it's like yeah. beauty even though it's the eye of the beholder it seems like some of these things can really transcend culture um although they're embedded in it that's the paradox it's like look here's a fairy deck like i've got uh you know the fairy oracle cards or whatever and it's like you don't have to be in from england watching dark crystal eating fucking mushrooms all the time to dig this but that's <laughs> going to be that kind of crew more Whereas yes. like the galactic heritage thing he just pulled was more alien. Obviously this is more just like whatever factoids about artists. Cause they're probably an art history major who wanted to, you know, they're like, you're a good artist, make a tarot deck. Yeah. I'm just wondering like, what um, are you super hyper wound? You're like, I'm being called to this. And it's just like that magical. Or are you just like, this is practical. I don't have that color set. This looks like a, a, a an outfit I'll wear kind of thing. Like how do you look at um, the art that you're participating with? Um the art that i'm participating with sorry so like when i can so can you reword that again there's no good i'm not even asking a question i'm kind of just rambling and putting question marks at the end um like if i'm designing a deck how do i choose first of all are you designing a deck i think you've yes. got art for that so if you want to talk about yes. that you can feel free um what how are you drawn towards the tools you use maybe is the best way i'm putting it because as a musician i can go into a guitar center and just play on a synthesizer and make things happen but there's a big difference between how i feel playing an acoustic you know it's like there's intimacy and resonance and all sorts of stuff like mm -hmm. some some decks are dope but i'll never buy them but they're still dope don't get me wrong right so yeah. i'm wondering how you have yeah. a vetting system i guess and then let's talk about what art and uh tarot stuffs you're doing yourself well i think one way is if you have you know a teacher who you like who uses a particular deck then you want to get that deck um so when kaylee jean did my reading she used the green witch tarot she said i felt like it was calling to you so i was like fuck yeah i went out and bought one um but uh, I've, I've tried to get decks that work with nature or animals because they're underrepresented. And I, th I find that actually reading um, animal decks helps remain, helps me remain objective because there's not a human figure on the card. Um, so I'm not trying to say, oh, it could be a person who looks like this. Not that that's the way I read, but we, we have that human association, right? It's like a deeper um, archetype to it in a way. Medieval, yeah, um, exactly. Anything medieval, anything sort of like ancient, antique looking. I love, again, the stained glass. So the Terror of the Cloisters really intrigued me. Um, and the fact that it's round is really neat. Anything you that looks like a storybook with like thick outlines and nice classic colors. <laughs> There's one, I don't even know what we're doing. We were like in a graveyard, actually. Uh, my granddaddy, who's dead now, was a genealogist. So he'd do all this crazy stuff, like graveyard. You know, there's my relative or that kind of shit, right? Yeah, um, where was we cancer in his, in his chart? <laughs> I don't remember. He was a Taurus. I don't even know if his, I don't know his chart. Um, I should look it up. His wife, my Nana, is a cancer. But anyway, um, we were in Virginia looking at this um, graveyard or whatever, and we went into this chapel, and there were Tiffany stained glass windows. 
which wow. is like, yeah, it's like there weren't many of these made and like, <laughs> and that stuff. And it's like they were telling the story. It's crazy because it's like this is the middle of fucking nowhere. Like, what the fuck is going on? Anyway, wow. random story. Um, wow. Tell me a little about your deck, what the process is and where you're at in it, all that kind of stuff. I know that's a big uh, sandwich cool. to tackle. Yeah. But, uh, let us know what's going on on that front. And I'm definitely I'm dead ass seriously looking at your uh, um, academy. I was looking at that. Um, it's, I, right now, I'm just I'm working and doing this and all sorts of stuff. So I'm like, I don't know when I'd have the time. I understand it's kind of self-paced. Uh, so I think I'll try to fit it in. So don't get surprised if you get some money and I'm on the fucking roll of class or whatever. But um, talk about maybe the academy, but also talk about your tarot. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, I've been working on a tarot deck for probably almost... I don't know, eight or nine years at this point, I, I do it all by hand. And I, I wanted it to be a labor of love. As I've spoken of the Robin Wood Tarot was a deck that took 10 years to build. So I knew that it would be kind of a long term, like very 10 of Pentacles sort of project, right? Like a long term goal. Um, so I have, you know, a big part of the process was conceptualizing all the drawings, like, what am I representing with this card? What what is the symbolism? You know, that's very important. But also, how do I create a um, unified sort of aesthetic throughout the deck. So, you know, figuring all that out, finding the reference photos, sketching it up, and then eventually you trace it onto some nice paper with some nice professional artist pens. And I'm actually in the process of coloring. So I have some of my thumbnails that I've just been playing around with. There's the Empress. She looks like Cleopatra. And she's sideways. So it. when you interact with the deck, it's the bleeding, it's the bleeding hearts there. So if she's if she comes out sideways, even though I said I don't read reversal, she's the one card where you can rest if she comes out horizontally like that, because she's lounging. Um, but if she comes upright, then you see how she's pouring her lifeblood into something, which means like creating or being in the process of some kind of you know, creative project or whatever, or falling in love, maybe like pouring your lifeblood into it. Um, so I'm having a lot of fun with this. It's it's kind of a like again, stained glass sort of inspired with the thick black outlines. And then um, I was also a tattoo artist for, for a few years. So that kind of inspired the Popping flat lines. sort of graphic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh no, pop like, no, like this? No, I'm saying. Or drawing? No, not, yeah, <laughs> okay, no, when you no. make them pop with lines, like yeah. you, it's a bolt. You've got like uh, line work basically going on in a lot of these cards. Yeah, no, lots of line work. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of like the meditative part of drawing too, is just, it's, you know, creating the. All the line work. I love woodcuts from the Middle Ages too. So like you'll see a lot of that engraving Durr, sort and of have look. The same birthday in Big Three as well. Really, as I love Albert Durr. So it's like I get to do everything. Yeah, Albert Durr is crazy. So this is a multiple <laughs> year situation. I mean, I guess you're tackling it as an artist, not so much like I need to get a product out. It's more like this yeah, will it's be not ready a product. when it's ready. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I kind of love working on it too because it gives me a project that I'm continually working on. But um, it's. You know, I think we're in an age where we're it's so tempting to just like produce something really fast and get it out there and, and just like do it as fast as you can. But for me, I, I really want to put maybe I care too much about things. This may be a theme you've noticed tonight, um, but I, I, I think it's important. I think drawing things by hand really shows skill. I think it shows patience and care and discipline. Um, drawing is a spiritual practice for me. So um you know, as opposed to creating art, say, like on a computer where you're looking into a backlit screen, if you're just interacting with paper and you're sort of making something come to life, I think that's a beautifully um, magical process. And for me, it's the process of creating art. That's the joy. And I think that comes out in the final product. So it's... I think that shows in your readings. I mean, you're tackling it like a creative process as opposed to, I'm giving you an answer here next. It's more like, yeah. all right, let's tuck that's you cool. into bed and tell you a story. 
Thank you. Go. There's the, the world and the wheel of fortune. So they're coming along, but that's just some of the some of the sketches. And as that's a, um, per, are you using Rider Waite as like the archetypal anchoring? Where like that? I mean, it seems like most decks are basically no. Rider Waite. Or so you're doing your own no. thing totally. Yeah. Um, there's yeah. There there's some. This is what I'm kind of excited because some of the cards are mysterious, and I like. I'm I'm really looking forward to having the little accompanying book. Like, what's that card? <laughs> Is it a Mandelbrot? What is that? It's a it's an antique mirror. Okay, it's I not see it. it's not yeah. colored, but yeah, it's it's going to be a mirror. Um, it's the Hanged Man. So this, the thing I is, you have to. That you're not reinventing the. I mean, you're reinventing the wheel. You're not just kind of like, all right, let's make a to... clone because everybody does that. So you're doing your own thing. That's what's up. Oh yeah, no, there's so there's so many Rider Waite inspired decks that people just sort of like produce really fast because it's easy. I want to produce something that is that lives be like my art. I want it to live on beyond me. It's not just the things I can like sort of you know <laughs> like shoot out. Do you already know while, how I, while I'm here type thing? <laughs> do you already know how many cards that deck will contain? Seventy eight or different. That's a great question. Um, it will have 78 cards, but they're not going to have the words or the titles on them. So they will kind of present like an Oracle deck that way. I want the interpretations and the, the visual storytelling to be pretty intuitive um, for the for the user, the seeker. I dig it. I'll have to, yeah, I mean, that's like, who knows when that'll come out. So I'm not pressuring it, but like, I'm excited to see what that looks like. Yeah. Um, there's some so, of my, oh, sorry, I'll stop showing you, but there's the four cups, four pentacles. And four. I love shit. <laughs> A little yeah. bit higher. Oh, sorry. There we go. Yes. Very nice. Snow white. Oh. <laughs> Will I get sued with that? I don't know. <laughs> um, so what's so yeah. up with your uh, academy? When did okay. that start? And I mean, I think you're a strong intelligent beautiful soul that can handle it but like it's one thing to like do magic for yourself it's another thing to initiate other people into like that so yeah when did you decide you were ready for that and what does it all entail well, i've always wanted to be a teacher actually i thought i would be an art teacher as a career um so i've you know um i felt like i was ready it was another one of those things too where i had to read tarot long enough to have the experience to be able to teach um it was important to me to do it for at least 10 years I don't know why I have this like 10 year thing in my head, but that's kind of how things seem to play out. And so, you know, I was finally, I'm ready, let's do it. And so I've been putting together this curriculum since maybe 2019 or 2020 and um, was finally able to launch it this year. So it's a 14 week tarot program. Uh, we look at our history. We look at like obviously the symbolism and the creation of decks, but we look through um, history from a social and political perspective in terms of how tarot was created and used throughout history, um, how it's been interpreted and seen and accepted throughout history. Uh, so I think it's important for people to know sort of where it's come from and some of my own sort of theories about like the scientific revolution and, and all this stuff. Anyway, um, and so we talk about like you don't scare me with your tangents. So never be like, oh god, I'm going off track. It's like that's why we're here. Okay, you see, uh, I work from home though. I'm just in my own head all day. I'm like, okay, it's perfect. <laughs> Put a cap not. on it. So yeah, that seems. Um, I just want to explore, and it's 14 weeks. That's a long time. That's a that's a. It is. I mean, you got a crew of people doing it, or is it online where you just jump in whenever? Or how does that work? I go I go live with the students now. Unfortunately. Um, I'm in the Eastern time zone in Canada. I have students in Australia and India and France. They can't be live. 
So I'm debating when I do the program again, do I still oh, go live with be. people? They just have to sacrifice their sleep. They just have to sacrifice their sleep, yeah. And Raphael told us there's no difference, so why aren't yeah, they in class? Well, it's <laughs> your sacred duty to get up at 3 a.m. <laughs> it is your it could sacred be. duty. <laughs> and it, it could be the best time anyway, so yeah. That's what I was doing in Australia. Like right now I'm in America, but when we started this hardcore, I was in Australia on in Gold Coast, and it was like 7 a.m. for this and like 10 p.m. for him. Wow. And then some days, like some Americans were like, I can't come on. I was like, well, I'll wake up at three. Let's do it. Like, Colin Smith. So anyway, point is, kids, if it, you'll do it if it's worth it. Like if you love it, yeah. you'll do it. Yeah. Um, but anyway. I love when a teacher goes live because it gives incentive to show up for the class. Um, I was taking another program where the teacher would just send you links to pre-recorded videos. And I found it was a lot harder to stay engaged and to actually absorb the information because there was no like interaction. Um, so, I, you know, yeah, going live has been great with the students. And uh, I, I produce worksheets for them, you know, thoughtful questions, different ways of looking at the cards. Um, we've spent a lot of time like, you know, a whole week at a time on the swords, a week on, on the cups, a week on the court cards. Like, it, I, I want to go in depth um, with these cards and really get people to know, get to know the cards. But also, I think a, t a good teacher doesn't just give answers. I think a good teacher asks questions. So sometimes when students ask, well, what about this? I'm like, well, what do you see or what do you think? Because um, that's so important with tarot, right? Um, there's a certain amount of guidance you want to give them, but again, the balance thing, certain amount of guidance and answer, but also lighting the way or providing the tool, but not giving the answer, right? Yeah, I think Miles Davis said, like, learn all the jazz, you know, music theory you can and then forget it. It's like it gives you a framework to use as a referent and then you yes. can let the spirit bleed through and take over. Yeah, I was just reading a comment actually about that last night. Um, someone said you have to learn the theory first and then, then you can fuck around with the emotions then you can express the like the spiritual emotional stuff just when you flip the... it you've got the uh, movie that thing you do where you got that brooding musician who doesn't know the whole structure <laughs> i don't know if you watch that shit movie don't watch it i that haven't seen it but manager don't don't okay. waste time but there's this George i relate Harrison to that <laughs> type who's like uh, i just want to play my art man and everyone's like mm -hmm. we just want to be a pop band and get girls let's shut up and play <laughs> and it's like if he knew the theory he could have that brooding moment outside of only identifying with that, if that makes sense. Like Kurt Cobain, if he had knew a little more music theory, could have probably done a lot more, never mm -hmm. mind. But yeah. anyway, in any event, uh, yeah, I think he was a Pisces too. Jeez, a lot of Pisces. In he was. Um, I, we could start wrapping it up. I'm kind of curious. Uh, last question, maybe. Um, this is a random one. And I mean, I'm. what's your favorite part and your least favorite part of what you do on YouTube, but also maybe this teaching thing, you can answer that. However, like there's gotta be a part that's like, this is why I do it. And there's part that's this is bullshit. I hate admining <laughs> online or, you know, what are you, what are your favorite, you know, the high water and the low water mark of maybe your experience with um, digital magic. Hmm. My favorite things are going live, really, and interacting with people, um, just having conversations and and sort of the energy that's exchanged in the moment is, is really rewarding. Um, I love being able to tell stories and share things and pick up on things that help people or amaze, even just the amazement, right? Like the magician performance part of it is really fun. Don't get me wrong. Um, it's, it's like, how did, again, the explanation of, of how did that work? Um, that's always like a really fun kind of uplifting part of it. Uh, my favorite part is... I mean, I just love pulling cards. I love telling stories in any way that I can. So if it helps people and they're interested in it, that's great. Um, my least favorite part of, well, being on YouTube, I mean, you're open to all kinds of weird people who feel entitled to you and they, it's, you know, lots of harassment Hopefully and, and weird. For a long time, no, like, not at all. Podcast. Come on the podcast in the comments. No. I stopped and I was like, 
God damn it, come on the podcast. <laughs> like, no, not at all. I mean, like, there, you get the weird comments with people who are like, um, I've been, I, were you astral projecting to like hang dream. out with hang out with me in my dreams and like <laughs> hang out with me? I'm like, why would no, I do that? Whoops. No, I don't even know who, who, like, not to be rude, but I don't even know who that person is. Why would I try to go be in, like, it, you know, people think that because you're a part of their experience. I think sometimes people think you're just like a two-dimensional, you exist only on YouTube. They don't think of you as being like a three-dimensional human outside of it with your own loved ones. And um, Your so, own reality. Yeah. My own Actually, reality. John Lennon, who's also a Libra, um, mm -hmm. there's a documentary on Netflix right now um, showing kind of his post-Beatles situation with Oko, who, uh, uh, Yoko Ono, who is an Aquarius. Um, very interesting dynamic. But there was a guy who was like, obviously PTSD rattled Vietnam vet. Like, I did a lot of acid one day and like, he showed up to John Lennon's fucking mansion door and he's like, did you write that song to me? Like that kind of shit. We're oh, talking. It's like, oh, this can be a problem. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, yes, we're all one. And that's the weird part because I've had moments like nervous breakdowns in high school and shit with magic and all this kind of stuff where understanding reality, the boundaries becomes problematic. I think one day we'll all laugh about it and be like, man, we took this shit seriously. But it can be irksome at times when people are asking kind of those uh, questions like, did you – do you feel that you know my kundalini is tingling do you feel that or whatever it's like uh what yeah. that happened to me when i went to australia this girl was like i basically i called it ghost dicking or something i didn't even know she's like were you fucking me energetically i was like no no australia and now i've got three months to deal with this so that was interesting uh, oh a lot God. of lessons learned there anyway i didn't mean to wow. so it that's like okay the downside is like the social you know delusions that can occur basically um yeah, and like you, I sympathize with people because I get it. Like sometimes you hear something that relates so much to you, and and if or if you like look up to someone again, like if 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 your favorite reader mentions something that you were thinking about, you're like, oh my god, this reading's for me. But they're not. Like I have the the distance, the discernment to it's know that both they're and. not. <laughs> it's like yes, you were magically synchronized, and yet don't lose yourself in the dream. Like I was meant thing. to hear. I was meant to hear their message, but I would, you know, they were not. <laughs> astral projecting to visit me <laughs> um it's a little weird because i feel badly for people but there does become this like weird re relating to people where they want to go deeper and it like i just really want to read cards i, I don't want to show up uh, and look at my hieroglyphics don't ask me why i'm chipping it while i'm chipping it <laughs> just let me do my thing um it's yeah you're just, doing the, a great just job. the harassment really that's it yeah thank you Hopefully thank you're you not getting too i do fucking harassed damn but uh yeah guys um check out wendy's page we'll put the links and stuff in the comments i mean guess it's priestess justice maybe not wendy bones is what you go by in some level um yeah. thanks for dealing with my gemini ass always being like please come on trip 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 uh hopefully you had fun we'll get you on here some other time and talk about veganism or something i'll send you a link to that 21 faces of god i think you'll dig the shit out of that it might actually inform you in a cool. real new way uh any kind of parting thoughts <laughs> sentiments it doesn't have to be profound it doesn't have to be an epitaph or anything as much as you no, want just, to do this 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 was great thank you so much for having me it was nice okay. to have conversations and uh i hope to do it again yeah it was it was really great chatting so thank you well you're very well, magical you inspire me you've helped me uh personally obviously with your um gemini readings that i watch um but ultimately i'm really glad to see people playing with magic well like not some people play well, and they're not very magical, and some people are really magical. They don't know how to play well with it, and you know you're doing that. You're balancing it really well. So thank you. Balance on the biggest wave. You got. And it. thank you both. Thank you both for. I've taken lots of notes today. There's lots of cool things I can't wait to go check out. Thank you. What's what's up, Raphael? Any last thoughts? 
No, just thank you very much. It was most illuminating. I'd say highly interesting. And yeah, I hope everyone checks out your website, your course potentially, your artwork. And thank you so much for coming on. And of course, thanks everyone for listening or watching the show. Thank you. Thank and I should you. say, last thing, she does have like weird Etsy things like vintage clothes and jewelry and weird stuff. So it's not just cards, like check Merch, out her yes. world. She's got interesting world going on. So got keep a whole new collection coming out. That's what's up. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for coming on Thanks, and we'll guys. talk to you soon. Thank Adios. you. Thank you.